Obviously, that wasn't the right intro because uh, we didn't hear the uh, <laughs> the roast beef there. But hey, I'm uh, I lost a file. We had to find it, I guess. Oh well, shit happens. Sure does. <laughs> All right, we are finally back. We are finally going to redo this thing. We are uh, sadly we have had a very busy uh, week. Well, more so. Oh, it's usually one of us more so than the other, but. Uh, it never fails. If one of us is super busy one week, the other one can do it, and it's vice versa. It just kind of goes back and forth. So anyway, didn't quite work out uh, last week, so you're getting a show this week, and uh, we, again, we apologize, but, you know, it is what it is, and as we said, shit happens, and it did, so. Yeah, one of those things, um, we do pride ourselves, and for a long time, it was almost the point of, like, superstition you know i didn't want to miss a week no matter what it took no matter what it took man we're getting older (laughs) and it sounds crazy to say i gotta sit in your ass and record for charge but trying to find that time sometimes can be difficult and you know to pull back the curtain this was on me this one i had two funerals last week i had two viewings tied in with those funerals there's four days in a row of very somber gloomy stuff uh, and there are sudden deaths uh, not the the glorious hockey kind of sudden death either. So, you know, it just it put me in a bit of a bad, not terrible state, but just, you know, yeah. bad enough in time constraints and a lot of things. And being the summer and the last week of sort of real full week of summer, it just um, the DAC was stuck against us. And, you know, I always I always have that voice, man. I know you do too, man, where it's like, you know, we know a lot of people listen to the show and, and they helps kind of get through through their work week and. We do take that to heart, and believe me, we'd miss a lot more shows if we didn't take that to heart. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. didn't didn't get a headache proud and doing what we do together and enjoy our time together. But um, yeah, it just wasn't to be. Uh, and again, I, I apologize for that. And you know, we try to keep the train rolling as much as we can. Uh, if you guys ever hear that we're not recording something and you want to maybe record something, let us know, and uh, maybe we can swing something where you you know you just can uh, pinch it. Uh, yeah, for the shirtless duo. Yeah, you never know. I got uh, some busy stuff coming up in the next month or so, so oh, yeah. we might need some uh, some bench strength 
over the next couple of months. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I got four words for you, man. No <laughs> sleep till Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there might be uh, there's not a lot of sleep going on anyway. But uh, no. anyway, we'll see. Anyway, uh, okay, so I want to, again, before we start, uh, we'll talk about this is the Diabolic DVD episode. We want to thank Diabolic DVD as always. Uh, this week it was my turn to program. I picked uh, A Reason to Live, A Reason to Die, which I think is from Kino Lorber. It's a Blu-ray. Uh, sort of a spaghetti western, sort of a macaroni combat film, sort of a mix, really. And sort of a heist movie as well. And, yeah, uh, a mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little Dirty Dozen in there. Um, and Zombie Holocaust, the uh, Blu-ray release of the, uh, of, uh, uh, was it Marine? Is it, oh, had the Girolami, I know that. So. Yeah, Girolami, it's uh, Marino. Marino, 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 Girolami. I'll take right, that with man. mayonnaise. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Enzo's dad, a uh, little zombie picture, a little cannibal picture. Released from 88 Films, we wanted to try to check out some 88 Films releases, see what they got going on. So we'll talk about that as well. For those of you who don't know, 88 Films is a kind of boutique label over on the other side of the pond. And they got this. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll get to it. Uh, also want to say uh, pre-orders are up or orders are up for some of the, some of the stores for uh, the Final Score DVD. Uh, I got my copy recently. I know you haven't got, maybe you haven't got yours yet, but I'm sure you'll get Dog it shortly. Dog sleds. Yeah. Dog sled strike. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not one to toot my own horn. I know you know this and probably several of our listeners know this. I don't ever listen to the show that we do. Yeah. Um, because I, I feel like I got pretty good. Well, I feel like I got a pretty good memory of what everything we say. Of course, people tell me I say things I don't remember saying, but, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. But I did listen to the commentary for about 40 minutes on the disc and, uh, yeah, man, we were we were we were on fire. <laughs> like Glenn Turman and JD's Revenge. That's right. We know. <laughs> I fucked your woman. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Like not one ace, but two aces. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we uh, we we were we were on fire, man. I gotta say, it was, it's it's a quite funny uh, commentary. Uh, so yeah, make sure you get pick it up. It's a nice release, uh, the standard release. It's got a um, you got a Dutch. Uh, inlay and then you can flip it around for the english uh which is nice got a nice zubaz pattern and everything else pretty sweet oh yeah gorgeous so a lot of, uh, lot of fine gents yeah a lot of hours to make this thing happen so uh, please get out there and support this endeavor um if you are having problems finding it on online boutiques or online stores uh, reach out to us uh, via facebook or in the group if you're not on there you can reach us at midnight cinema at gmail.com which is m-i-d-n-i-t-e cinema at gmail.com Yes, indeed. Um, trust me, it's worth it. It's worth it. I think, yeah. you, I think you guys will enjoy it. All right, let's get into what we've been watching. Have you watched much of this week? I know you've been busy. Oh, man. I'm watching. I mean, I'll tell you what. This is, this is a home a hometown thing, but I went on a roller coaster today. It really blew my wig back. I've been doing a lot of you know fun stuff with the kids. I went on the Leviathan, which is like the King Kong of our, our roller coasters here. Oh, nice. Finally, after years, just... It's been around for like three years, but I always got my kids and they're too short and yeah. my wife's too scared, even though she's good with most roller coasters. But I went on this today, man. This thing was unreal. If you ever go to Canada's One Land, you've got to go to Leviathan. This ride, it, 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 I think it goes about 100 kilometers an hour, maybe mm. faster, which is about, I don't know, 70 miles an hour. It's got about a 75 degree decline when it plummets and you can't even see the track when it's dropping. Oh. So it's it was amazing. Uh, so it's it, you know the older I get, the less I want to ride them. But I, I still ride them occasionally. And you're only talking about roller coasters. Yeah, that's right. 
Not talking, um, not talking about the silver and gold fan base. That's right, man. <laughs> Let's face it. A lot of our fan base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but anyway, whatever I'm watching. Um, not a whole heck of a lot, uh, of course, as I said, but I think we're going to get back into a rhythm here um, very soon. I watched A Brief History of Time, the Criterion release of the Stephen Hawking documentary. I don't know. I just felt like p- putting it on, and uh, I really enjoyed it, man. It's uh, – I'm, I'm far from what uh, I would call – I would never call myself a, a deep thinker. I don't tend to uh, pontificate or ruminate on the mysteries of the, the cosmos, but I am fascinated by people that that have that fire burning in their belly. And right, right. It's cut together. I think. I think Errol Morris might have done it. I think is that the documentary? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Well, this one's really good. I mean, it chronicles kind of his life, Hawking's life, and some of his theories and whatnot. And it's, um, you know, it's it's great stuff. You know, it's it, the of course the irony of you know man of his genius, you know, trapped in a body that fails him. Um, but it's it's good stuff. You know, I really dug it. So um, after that. I rewatched uh, Fury Road. It was a. Uh, oh, yeah. What does he say? It's a beautiful day? No, he doesn't say it's a beautiful day. That's Mr. Rogers. It's a glorious day. Is that what he says? It's a furious day. It's a furious day. <laughs> it's a fucking absent minded day, which is every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one holds up as well as, as it was for the theater watch for me. Uh, it's my third favorite in the series. Uh, it's great. I mean, you know, it's still like eight territory, but. Uh, Something just doesn't really knock it out of the park for me. I can't quite place it. I think for Miller's age and everything else, though, it, it, it works wonderfully. And it's it's a really – actually, it's kind of weird. I did two two Miller-related films this week, I guess. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it's good stuff. I mean, Charlize rocks it. Uh, Nicholas Holt's good in it. I, I still think Mel's the way to go with – you know, no one can, can crown – Take the crown from Mel as far as playing Max, but I understand why he wasn't this time. He, he was too old on top of all of his <laughs> yeah. personal yeah. issues. Potential box office poison. Uh, his potential, yeah, that's right. <laughs> potential. That's right. I, I think he would have, I think it would have been a hit. I don't think it would have been uh, as bad, but, you know, I don't think uh, the press junket would have been pleasant. No, wouldn't have been. Wouldn't have been. Um, then my wife and I decided to watch, no, let me let me rephrase that. My wife wanted to watch because <laughs> I didn't have any interest in watching this. She wanted to watch Age of Adeline. My wife doesn't normally want to watch chick flicks, but uh, she wanted to watch this one, and I was feeling charitable. So I even gave it up on a night. It was my night to watch something because we switch off nights, as you know. So I said, sure, let's watch it. Um, and it's weird because the only ones I've seemed to watch with her are kind of the more high-concept chick flicks like The Astronaut's Wife, Um I don't know if you like that sort of fall into that world. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was this was okay. I mean, if you have to watch a, a film on a date night, you could do a lot worse, I guess. Um, I was telling you, it's beautifully shot. Yeah. It almost feels like uh, if Fincher, you know, was really going to rein in his powers um, and just you know uh, have sort of his DOP or the look of a Fincher film uh, put to, uh, I guess, this kind of film. This would be it. It is a beautifully shot film. Now, the surprising thing for me in this film, Lively acquits herself okay. I mean, I don't think she's a great actress, but I do think she's interesting looking. Mm-hmm. Um, I had said to you, Harrison Ford, who you know I'm indifferent on. You know, I liked his his Glory Day work, but 
I'm not a big fanboy of his. He's not one of my favorite actors, but he really delivers a good performance in this film. Really good. That's so weird. It's it's so strange that a film where he could just cash that check and sleepwalk through it, he fucking brings it. And he's good. I mean, it's a nuanced performance. It's really good, man. Nice. Reminds us that he is a good actor. So that was good. You can do worse. Um, rewatched Kid with the Golden Arm. I was just smashed the other night. I was not smashed as in drunk. I was just exhausted and mm-hmm. wanted some comfort food. So I threw it on and, you know, it's fine. It's on Netflix. But the problem is that I had then and that I have now, and this is, I think, the film that even back then kind of made me realize this was Chen Che's films always feel very, um, the choreography's not good, man. Like it's slow and stilted and it just, it's not very good. And when your film's a kung fu film, I mean, you really have to get the kung fu down. Mm. And uh, as such, I think, you know, it suffers a little bit from that. Um, you know, it's okay though. The, the Venoms are always fun to see. And, you know, they, his films look good. You know, they're always interesting and a bit different from standard kung fu fare. So it's, it's fine. Yeah, there's okay. a, whole, uh, like a whole smattering of those dropped on uh, yeah. Netflix. Uh, they put a ton of them on. I think uh, yeah. Come Drink With Me is on there, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Executioners from Shaolin, which is good. So, you know, there's some good ones on there, definitely. Um, about time, yeah. Yeah, no, it's about time for real. Well, a uh, service like to- Netflix, you would think it'd just be like inundated with fucking martial yeah. arts movies, man. I know. No, I know. It's true. It's very true. Um, next up I watched, what did I do yesterday? I'm tired. I was out you know, up until two or three in the morning, uh, the night before, uh, came home. I just kind of run, running on the house and throwing a documentary on Netflix called Gideon's army. And, uh, this one might appeal to you. I don't know. It's, um, it's about the lawyers, the public defenders in, um, the state of Georgia that to defend obviously those that can't afford to defend themselves and uh, it's it's not a fantastic documentary but it is it is solid solid meat and potatoes not fancy or anything but you know some some pretty interesting uh, sort of human interest pieces in, within the documentary and yeah just kind of a slice of life with um, these uh, lawyers and some of them you can see what it the burden it has on them and it further kind of um, bums me out uh, when I think about for-profit prisons um, yeah. and the system and these people that are overworked and underpaid. Um, it's sort of a system set up to fail, but uh, it's it's a good documentary. Um, you know, it's not, it's like, a system set up to fail for everybody but the rich. But the rich, that's right. <laughs> so that's so this was solid. You know, it's like nothing fancy, meat and potato stuff, but, but still worth a watch. And then uh, my son, my youngest son, his favorite animal, his favorite thing, other than us is and the Packers is uh, and Batman is pigs. So I think I thought it was high time to throw on Babe. So uh, we watched Babe, and I haven't seen Babe since I was probably about twenty, and uh, it held up quite well. Of course, naturally it would. It's the, the kind of fancy version of a talking kid, uh, talking animal film. Yeah. So yeah. And it holds up well. The puppet work still holds up great. Um, it's a sweet film. Uh, James. You call him Hoggett. That's his name in the film. Yeah, Cromwell. Yeah. Cromwell, good uh, elder statesman kind of actor who um, plays a lot of shady heavies. Yeah, ever since Babe, he's kind of made a whole career out of the shady heavy thing. Yeah, it's weird, but uh, he's good in Babe, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, what can I say? I mean, Babe's. If you got to watch a film with your kids, you haven't seen Babe. It's it's a good film for sure. Yeah. So that's that was my two weeks. Yeah, before Babe, he had. All but been forgotten as an actor, actually. So, yeah, yeah, but he's good, man. He was good in LA Confidential too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he usually always plays like an elder statement or the president. You know, he's yeah. like he's the white president to Morgan Freeman's black president, <laughs> something like that. You know, that's right. All right, I watched a few things. Got a few things in this week. Watched, uh, finished off Cop Car. I think uh, uh, we think uh, we we think I talked about it a little bit last yeah. week. We don't know. <laughs> yes, that's right. As a collective unit, we can't remember, but we, yes. we think maybe I talked about it a little bit. But uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, Cop Car's good, man. Cop Car's good, good stuff. That's a Big recommend for me. It's uh, right up my alley, and it is uh, it's very good. It really the is. Baconator nearby. Yeah, the Baconator. The kids are good. The kids are real too. You know they nice. they speak. I think like kids would speak, and uh, well, at least the way I spoke when I was a young uh, pre adolescent. You know, trying to you know just try to be cool, try to be you know tough. Uh, it doesn't feel forced like it does in so many films sometimes. Oh, yeah. uh, good performances in there too, Miss Shea Wiggum as well. But check it out. Yeah, Wiggum's good, man. Um, I watched one that I had been meaning to see forever. We all know Jim Van Bieber, Beber, Bieber, Beber, uh, notorious underground filmmaker. Uh, doesn't make a whole lot of stuff, uh, but is very outspoken, uh, to say the least. Uh, some of our some of our friends uh, <laughs> don't always like what he has to say, but you know, uh, outside of that, he has made some interesting films. Now. I think I've only seen. I think he's only got two features, but both features are really good. This, the first one, of course, we covered, Debbie to Don, and I would like to cover this one at some point. This is the Manson family. It's almost like a, uh, well, it's almost like a documentary in a way. Uh, it took him like I don't know, twelve years to make this movie, it's and crazy. yeah, and I thought it would be a total mess, but it's actually really, really well done, uh, and it makes me kind of sad that Van Van Beber doesn't work more. You know, that he doesn't yeah. do more stuff, uh, even if it's low budget. I don't know if he just, I don't know if he just hates everything or if he hates movies. I don't, I don't know what. He but. seems to hate everything. He's a miserable fuck. <laughs> he seems to, yeah. Yeah, but, angry man. It's like, yeah. dude, you're not 20 anymore. I'm yeah. out. Yeah, let it go. But uh, <laughs> I can, I mean, if if some of that anger comes through in his, his work, it does show. The, this movie is ugly. Uh, it deals with some pretty nasty stuff. Uh, obviously, if you know anything about the Manson family murders, um, all that stuff's kind of there in graphic detail. I think I'd, I'd shied away from this because I read one review where they said there was some animal cruelty in here. There is, but it's not... Well, it's not a spoiler to say this, but it's it's, it's puppetry. It's not a... <laughs> well, I think it's puppetry. It's, it's pretty convincing, but uh, I, I don't think it's real. Um it is still pretty horrifying, uh, along with a lot of the other stuff that happens in here. It's pretty fucking horrifying. Um, do they show, like, is it, do you feel like it's it's bleak for the sake of being bleak, or? It's ugly. Or is it sensational? Like, is no, it, no, it's not sensational. It doesn't revel in the no. nastiness. No, it, it okay. hits you in the face with the nastiness. Okay. It's very stabby. That's a fine line, yeah. Yeah, it's very stabby. It's very, uh, it's gross in a lot do of spots. They have a, do they have an actress playing Sharon Tate? Uh, they do. Uh, Does she look like her? Yeah, sort of, sort of. Sharon Tate is beautiful, man. Um, the guy playing Manson is one of Be- uh, Bever's uh, friends, uh, actor. He he looks a lot like, doesn't sound much like him, but he looks a lot like him. And uh, oh, uh, he's wow. really good. And uh, there's some other, and Van, Van Bever's in there himself. And he's, he's uh, he you know, he is what he is. But uh <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, it's not like a, uh, you know, like a quick, I mean, obviously, you know, it took him 12 years to make this and he'd been working on it for a long time and it's a bit of a passion project for him. And uh, the story, I know that he's done interviews where he said he, you know, he doesn't give a fuck about, you know, any of that stuff. He just wanted to make the story. And of course, you know, he doesn't work fast and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, um, 
we you know we talked about you know films that kind of cash in on that stuff quickly i mean that's that's you know those are exploitation films this is an exploitation yeah. film but i think like deadbeat at dawn uh Bepper's actually saying something and it's actually uh quite poignant at times and uh sad and uh pretty horrible at times too man i mean it makes my it made my stomach turn uh more than once so Ugh. yeah a lot of nudity too if you're into that so excessive amounts of nudity a lot of dick a lot of uh a lot of Van Beber dick. A lot of dick. A lot of uh, a lot of puss. A lot Baby of hair. Van Beber. Yeah, it's it's late sixties. So so so. So it's a lot of hair. So you know, yeah. if you're into that kind of thing, it's it's there. A lot of a lot of fucking in the mud. Oh so, man. Yeah. So yeah. This uh, you know, good stuff. I, it's a high recommend. I mean, if I would, if I did a first time watch list, uh, I would say it. this. Yeah, this would be on it. I'm gonna Top try 10? to. Top uh, Yeah, easily, easily. Oh, wow. I mean, it, it was that good. It it was really good. I, you know, again, I was hesitant because of the quote unquote animal cruelty thing, but I was also hesitant because. You know, I, I've read about the Manson family murder since I was a young child. My mom had the yeah. Helter Skelter book, and so I've known oh, about that stuff forever. Yeah. So you, you feel like you, you've you've exhausted every avenue there, but then he kind of gives it a fresh spin in this kind of... it's it, The film's kind of like a documentary, so it's, it's interesting how he, he approaches it. It, it. I mean, as far as low-budget filmmaking goes, this is a fucking masterpiece. As far oh. as filmmaking goes, it's very solid. But I mean, you talk about a guy that doesn't have any, he doesn't get any money, and he pulled this together over a decade. It's pretty impressive. So yeah, definitely worth a look. Um, watch something very similar: Lego DC Heroes, Justice League, Attack of the Legion of Doom. Yeah, I got to see this one, man. You you're uh, you got your ear to the ground when it comes to this. I'm always a <laughs> few weeks behind you. It's yeah. uh, how's this one? A lot of fucking, a lot of nudity, a lot of bush. <laughs> <laughs> uh no uh this it's it's good it's good i mean these lego movies they have a kind of a dry wit yeah they and do. uh they're kind of silly at times uh but they're also kind of fun um i always enjoy uh well this one's interesting because uh, for some reason green lantern and flash have this thing for wonder woman that gets slightly uncomfortable in spots <laughs> so there's a lot of fucking a lot of nudity no but, a lot of bondage with that golden lasso and the golden shower. A lot of goldens. Yeah, it's good, man. But you know what? I think it's like seventy-eight minutes long, and that's pretty long for one of these Lego movies. I was probably I was pretty surprised. Um, my son made it all the way through it. Um, there was some big time lulls in the middle, like when the Legion of Doom's forming, and you know you got uh, uh, Lex Luthor and. Uh, uh, well, I can't think of the others off the top of my head, but anyway, is, is Captain Boomerang in there? Or? No, 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 he's not in there. I think he's he showed up for the trials. So there's some trials. There's some Gorilla Grodd. Yeah, Grodd's in there. Grodd's uh, Grodd's quite. Oh, he looks good. He's good. He's funny. He's he's quite interesting. I always get roped into being Grodd whenever we have a, a wrestling match. <laughs> yeah, Grodd's. Uh, I've always liked Grodd quite a bit, and he's uh, cool. My son now he knows who Grodd is, so he's very interested in Grodd. <laughs> so yeah, that's why kids are. You know, they're attracted to Grodd. He's he's very you know very attractable to. I think children, because, you know, obviously, it's like you know, King Kong or anything else. Yeah, talking ape, man. Yeah. Angry. Speaking him and Van Beber need to make a movie together, man. Both are too fucking angry for their own good. There you go. Jim Van Beber's grod. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. That's a grod cock, man. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Van, Van Beber, man. I don't know why he's so fucking angry. He guy's hung like a fucking horse, man. He needs to chill out, man. <laughs> he does, man. <laughs> He got he you know he, he got blessed motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh biscuits and gravy. Um, uh, checked out uh, one of the Buzz films of the year, Turbo Kid. 
Yeah, that's uh, right. Turbo Kid is is a lot of fun. Turbo Kid reminds me. Some people are saying that it doesn't remind them of this, but man, it totally reminds me of Hobo with a Shotgun. Except it's a lot more lighthearted than uh, than Hobo. Hobo's actually, when I think about it, Hobo's pretty grim in spots. It is, man. It's really grim in spots. <laughs> but uh, this is this is grim and excessively violent. But it's also kind of a nice homage to the. Uh, did I say homage? Homage to the uh, yeah. the homage to the um, to the era and to the uh, Jesus. How many times can I say uh? uh Jeff, fuck. Um, <laughs> it is. It's not going to go away. So I don't even lots know. Of fucking, lots of fucking. Lots of bush. Yeah, lots of fucking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lots of bush. <laughs> lots of uh, what's his name? Lots of Ironside cock. Yeah, this is gonna he be was blessed. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we were all blessed with that one. The uh, yeah, yeah. that's gonna be my review for every movie from now on. So the podcast will be very easy for us to get done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, some of that stuff Amazing. Vinegar Syndrome sends us. It'll be very poignant as well. Oh, there we go. It'll be yeah, succinct, man. <laughs> Uh, Turbo Kid's good though, man. I'd be interested to hear what you think of it. I don't know if it'll make my top thirty for the year, but I did think it was very interesting. Three directors, very low budget. It's a nice idea. I think some of it is kind of ill thought, but I think some of it's very interesting. Um, there's an obnoxious character in it that I thought I was going to hate, and I ended up loving. Um, oh wow! It was uh, an old woman. No, no, it was a young girl named Apple. Uh, I thought, man, I'm going to hate this character, but I ended up loving the character. Um, I mean, she is terribly obnoxious, but the, the, you know, there's a plot line there, so I don't want to get into it. But okay. I know, I know a lot of our friends like it quite a bit, and yeah, you know, some people are not, some people are going to dislike it, and I can see that. Just like Hobo, it's again, I think it's going to divide people. I think more people are going to like it than Hobo, more than Hobo, because Hobo was so grim, and some of the comedy didn't land for folks, and yeah. some, but some of the comedy for this didn't land for me either. It was kind of painful in spots, but it, hey, you can't hit them all, you know. So. Does it feel really like prefab cult film? That's kind of my worry with it. No, because I think it establishes itself and it never, it never, I don't feel like it's winking. You know okay, I mean? good. Because that was, I've been, as I've been tracking it, I've been kind of yeah. wave, like I've been toggling between excited and fuck this. I, I just, I don't want to watch it. Yeah. I was concerned it'd be very wink, wink, uh, yeah. but, it, but it's not. Uh, I think it, it sets up what it is and it sticks with it. Some of it's ludicrous, obviously, and some of it's very silly, just like the the Wanderers. But it, Wanderers, yeah. And, but it, but it does work because I think it manages to maintain its uh, theme, uh, and the joke, the in jokes. Well, I don't feel there's any in jokes, but there's jokes within the story itself. So, um, watch Kill the Messenger, the uh, Jeremy Renner film. Just kinda- yeah, this this cut a good trailer when I I don't know last year I saw I thought did you this see looks it? All right, no, it cut a good trailer though, and I thought this looks good, and then. I didn't hear about it, so because I didn't hear about it, my memory's not going to remember it, so I forgot all about it. But it, it looked like they cut a good trailer, and I thought, they're really ruffling some feathers here, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, the, the movie's not bad, man. It's actually it's a shame it got overlooked the way it did. Um, it's really pretty good. I think the back end falls apart. Yeah. But uh, it's, you know, it's really good. Of course, you know, the back ends always fall apart when there's a lot of fucking, a lot of nudity. A lot of, yeah. <laughs> a lot of bush. <laughs> <laughs> the Sammy, the Sammy shirts are being printed right now. Uh, right. <laughs> no, it, it is good though. Renner's really good in the film, as we know. I mean, me and you're both fans of Renner. He's a, he's a good actor, very solid actor. He, yep. And uh, he's good in the film. And uh, Andy Garcia's in there briefly, and he's really good. Uh, is he shirtless? Uh, no, he's not. He's <laughs> uh, he's playing an older Andy Garcia now. So 
He yeah. he does wear uh, sort of an ascot type thing with a little nice. Well, I'm uh, okay with that. Then. With a nice uh, kind of a fancy hat. So just doesn't want to show us the Garcia mohair sweater anymore. He's got a, must- he got a mustache. Got a mustache in there. So I wish Garcia worked more, man. He's a lot of fun. He's a good actor. Yeah, yeah. He's a good actor. He got pigeonholed, and I don't. I think it's a shame because he's uh, he's really good. Uh, and la- yeah, definitely check out Kill the Messenger, man. I don't. I don't think. I don't think like. It's not like movie of the year material, but like if you solid, want solid like seven, seven and a half. Yeah, if you want a good like uh, journalistic uh, like thriller type film, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's easily a seven, easily, easily a seven, oh, seven cool. and a half somewhere in there. Uh, I know Paul Hughes loved it as well. So nice. Uh, and finally, I watched Slow West, which I am excited for, and I have been. Yes, Slow West is good, man. But it, I gotta tell you, it's a it's a weird in some ways, and, and me and Zom were talking about this a little bit on Facebook. It has got it has got a weird tone to it, Is and it? I can't quite place it. Uh, it's just an odd movie, but it's only about eighty minutes long, eighty two minutes long, and it, it hits all the check marks as far as westerns go. Nice open vistas, uh, you know, simple story. A boy looking for girl comes upon bounty hunter uh, who helps him look for the girl. Ben Mendelsohn's in there wearing a nice big fat fur coat. Mendelsohn's fantastic. Yeah, he's good in the movie. There's uh, some pretty excessive violence at moments and stuff, but there's it's got a really good cast, doesn't it? If memory serves, yeah, yeah. I mean, Cody Smith, McPhee, uh, Michael Fassbender, Ben Mendelsohn. There's somebody else in there. I'm mistaken. I'm not thinking of off the top of my head, but it's a good movie, man. It's a good Euro Western, and I would recommend people check it out. Um, good stuff. I haven't seen The Salvation yet, the Mads Mikkelsen one. I want to check that one out as well. Oh, yeah. Again, I'm kind of hoping we're seeing a nice renaissance of the European Western because there's something, and I think that's where this odd tone comes from. This is directed by John McClane, who I believe, this might, I don't have the uh, data up in front of me here. He he may be a friend of Fassbender's and a fellow Irishman. Oh, wow. So it has, you know, you know it has that thing that, um, uh, that European Westerns have, and we'll talk about this when we talk about uh, Reason Live, Reason Die, that the Europeans just kind of see America kind of in a unique way. And this kind of deals with, you know, Europeans coming into the country, you know, wiping out the natives. A little bit of that comes into play. It's not it's not the main theme of the story, but it's in there. So it's, it's pretty interesting, man. I, I definitely think you should check it out. You should definitely cram it if that's what you plan on doing. Oh, I'm cram, yeah. yeah. Now, did you end up ever seeing the Dark Valley, that Austrian Western from last year? Nope. Or German or Austrian? Nope. Didn't get around to it, it was good. It, it's not as good as I think it should have been, but it uh, was good. Yeah, you know, European Westerns are an interesting thing. And there was another one I was going to mention, too. Oh, I don't know if it was European or maybe it was a European director. The one with um, Tommy Lee Jones. It was, I think it was either honorable mention or like sort of top, like back into my top 30 last year. With um, oh the Holmesman, the Holmesman. Did you yeah. end up seeing you know, that? The Holmesman's one of those weird ones. I watched like ten minutes of it, and I was going to watch it, and I just never got it back around to it. But I'm going to watch it because everybody tells me it's really good. Yeah, everybody tells it's me there's really something good. that happens in it, and I still don't know what happens. It, uh, yeah, it, it comes out of nowhere, and yeah. so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. <laughs> it's it's very good though. Like it, I think it was like back into my top thirty or honorable mention. I think it was maybe honorable mention, but you said honorable mention, I believe, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it's got a good cast. It's it feel it's really bizarre and got a good cast, and it feels almost like Cohen-y a little bit. And Tommy Lee Jones directed it, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. this one, this one, uh, this one doesn't feel Cohen-y in the slow west in the way that they talk, but mm-hmm. in the way the characters look and the way it's shot, it is a little Cohen-esque. 
nice. along with some Leone esque uh, moments and uh, you know some Eastwood westerns. I mean, obviously, uh, they're really kind of going for that classic western kind of look, very wide open and stuff. It's it, it it's good, man. It, I tell you, I was I was surprised. But it, when, but when I walked away from it, as I've walked away from it more and more, even though I loved it, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still kind of perplexed at the tone of the movie because it's weird. It's not. It's not that it's funny. It's not that it's serious. It's just that it's kind of odd. Yeah, that's so, zero westerns are like that sometimes. Yeah, and Fastbender, Fastbender is really good in the movie. I've you know I came out of the gates kind of lukewarm on him, but the more I think about it, for my money, pound for pound, I think he's a top five working actor. Yeah, he's really good. I think he can do anything. Yeah, I mean, um, he seems to be able to. I don't. I, oh. I can't. Even when he's in bad movies, he's oh, great. He's good. So you know, he's, he's one good. of those actors who uh, you know he's a Teflon Don, right? Yeah, he's he's great, man. He's he's fantastic. It's uh, when you see if you remember this, when you see the Dark Valley, there's an Austrian actor. He's a heavy in it. His name is Tobias Moretti. He looks like Werner Herzog so much in that film. <laughs> it's so weird. It's like the villain is Herzog. But anyway. But yeah, that's all I watched. Uh, Very nice. But that, that was, you know, well, there's an actor in uh, the Dark Valley named Paula Beer. Yeah. Tobias she's, Moretti. She's, she's not bad. Like, there you don't see it so much, but if you like, say Dark Valley, Tobias Moretti, the pictures, it's unbelievable. He's got a mustache. <laughs> and, uh, uh, if that's him on the cover of this one film, uh, Juicis, Rise and Fall, then yes, I can see the the uh, the likeness. Uh, I'm telling you, you see this movie, it's unbelievable. I'm doing a Google search uh, for him right now. Oh, man, the fourth name in on that Juicis, Rise and Fall film is what we won for the Sammy... Uh, <laughs> No, one for the same age. Justice huh? von Don Don Leone, the Icelandic. Oh movie. yeah, this guy needs to play Werner Herzog in a fucking uh, biopic, man. Man, it's unbelievable. It really like, is. It's, it's creepy. Yeah. Oh man, I've seen this guy in stuff before because yeah. his eyes and his nose and everything. And I thought to myself, man, that guy looks like Werner. I wonder if he's related to Werner Herzog. Dude, if you see him in the shots, like there's the shots of him. Like in the like the mustache and the hat, it's like, oh man, this guy like it has to be like the son of Herzog. What have I seen this dude? I've seen this dude in something, man. Yeah, you look at yeah. There's there's a few shots. It's unbelievable how much he looks like him. He's got a great face. He really does. That's a that's that's an amazing face. Yeah, I'm looking through here. I can't really see anything that I've seen him in off the top of my head, but yeah, some good stuff in here. Looks like he's Brothers of the Wind. That's a new one. Brothers Ooh, of, of the Fifth Wind, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, that's got Jean Reno. Jean Speaking Reno. George's language, man. That's him and Jean Reno in that one. Nice. Yeah. All right, uh, we're going to take a short break and come back. And uh, what do you want to talk about first, man? You want to talk zombies or you want to talk uh, big Italian men with uh, little cigars? I always want to talk big Italian <laughs> men with little cigars first. So. All right. We'll be Let's right back with uh, Reason to Live, Reason to Die. <laughs> All you podcast listeners, here's an update. See here. We know some of that bad brown acid has been going around, but we've got an alternative. See here. Have these headphones here. Throw them on. See here. Movies for your mind. See here. See here podcast. We discuss music-related films once a month. Find us on iTunes. Or at seehear, that's S-E-E-H-E-A-R, dot podbean, dot com. Just relax, listen, 
flow downstream. See here. song earlier today on the uh, Sirius Satellite radio station. I was like, oh, I don't think I've ever played that on the show before. I like that song. so Nice. Which uh, which station was it? Uh, uh, I don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many stations, That's, you know, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if you've been, a, if you've ever, <clears throat> if any of you out there have Sirius or have ever, or if you don't, if you've never had Sirius, uh, it's almost like, it's almost like too much, uh, yeah, actually, because it's it's, you, you got to be in a mood. But I, I mean, it's nice, though, when you, when you want to hear like, you know, like sometimes I'm in the mood for, I don't know, uh, uh, old school rap. So you know I go to the Backspin channel and Backspin's to, good. There's a couple of them, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so that's fun because you know for me hip hop was kind of at its pinnacle like pre NWA. So uh, anyway, uh, whatever. Let's uh, let's get into the movie here. Reason to Live, Reason to Die, 1972, directed by Tonino Valeri, also known as Uh Oh. The Italian titles up here, but what is the, what's the other English? What's the other English title? Oh, Massacre at Fort Holman. Yeah, that's what I know it as. That's when I first bought it. What uh, what yeah. I got it at? And um, the Italian title Una Reg- Reg- <laughs> Una Regione per Vivere Una per Morire. I don't know. Ragione, <laughs> Ragione. Per Una per Morire. <laughs> yeah, that's that one slow man. That one motherfucker is yeah. just a few tongues. Sounds like you drank a lot of milk there, like a cow or something. Man. You, yeah. The interesting thing about this film is there's 40 minutes of this missing somewhere. So, uh, you know, I, I'd be curious to see what this film. Would do. I was talking with uh, Taggart on uh, Facebook, and we were kind of talking about that. You know, what, what would what would be what would the other you know 35 40 minutes of this film be? And probably be that's a lot a more question. scheming, but. Um, it is interesting that so much was cut out. I mean, that, that's a lot of movie to take out. So, uh, I've never seen anything but this version. So, um, yeah. I wouldn't know, but I would be curious to see that. I would hope that one day that maybe that would happen. Uh, Tony Novellari, of course, uh, good friends with Sergio Leone, uh, arguably a pretty great director in his own right. We did a film of his not too long ago, uh, Day of Anger. Uh, did, uh, is that Sahara the Cross. That's right. We did Sahara Cross, which. That's not a great. That's not a great Tonino film. No, film. That's like a six out of ten kind of. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of just hanging, just barely hanging in there. But that uh, you know, Antonio Valeri, he's still around. You know, I don't know if he oh, does yeah. very many interviews or anything, but he's around. Um, all right, you've seen this before. Uh, what did you think watching it this time on Blu-ray, baby blue? That's right. So yeah, that's uh, right. Because that's the DVD right. I had was like a. Um, 
like a like a sore VHS source. It wasn't even all that good. So I mean, it looked fine, but it wasn't great. So yeah, it looks good on blue. Um, it, I remember when I'd first grabbed this film, I almost fell out of my chair. I wasn't sitting, so I guess to use a figure of speech, I almost fell out of my chair. You know, to see Coburn, Savalas, and Spencer uh, mm, yeah. together. Um, it was, you know, kind of a very cool thing. So, uh, Keanu Reeves done a pretty good job with this. I don't think it looks great, but again, we don't know how the source material is for this, right? So, it's interesting. A lot of these spaghetti westerns that are coming on the Blu-ray. The intros always look like uh, garbage. Like shit. Yeah, they look like garbage. But maybe that's just the uh, negative they get, and maybe they don't really take care of the intros. Uh, but uh, the film itself, thankfully, does not look that bad. It doesn't look outstanding. Yeah, I agree. But it does. There's look- some nice. There are some nice moments though, where you think, "Wow, this this does look good." But yeah. You know, uh, there's some, yeah, that looks beat ass. But um, as always, you know, when we're going to talk about spaghetti westerns, I say pischetti, like I'm four. Pischetti <laughs> westerns. Um, there is some great faces in this, the three we mentioned, as well as the supporting cast who showed up a lot in westerns. Um, it has a great opening, uh, yeah. certainly. Yeah. Now, it's got, this it's got one, an interesting opening. I, I like it when, uh, I always like it in films when they, you know, when you have your prologue is your epilogue essentially yeah i always do too and then you know it almost gets you to the point where how did we get here yeah i like that and then you see you know and then it'll bring you back there towards the end and mm-hmm. we're caught up in real time and in fact we've had another spaghetti western do that recently for us um uh, compañeros does that oh yeah uh, that's right it does do that so yeah we uh we haven't had valerian since scott mary the best <laughs> Dardo was on our show, Um, which that film, it's interesting because I think that film came before this. Uh, Yeah, it's five years before this. And it feels like so much more of an accomplished film than this. Not to dump on this one, but Dave Anger is like a legit, like, yeah. Yeah, masterpiece. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a spaghetti western masterpiece, right? This is an interesting one. I don't. I, he did uh, he did that. And he did the Price of Power, which the Price of Power is really good as well. Yeah, and we should well, obviously we'll probably cover that at some point. Um, yeah. And then he did a girl called Jules and My Dear Killer, which I've never seen any of those. I've never seen. I think one I've of those. seen My Dear Killer. I have to go to it. But. And then he did this, and this got cut up quite a bit. Uh, like I said, forty minutes of missing. So I I, I don't know what happened there. Uh, after that, after this, he does My Name Is Nobody, which is kind of uh, well known because of oh. uh, Terrence Hill and Henry Fonda and. Supposedly, Leone shot some second unit on it with him and stuff. And so, Valeria's a really talented guy, but it's like he it's like he hit a bad spell and he never quite recovered because uh, you know he did the higher gun and Sahara Cross after that. And pretty much after that, he didn't really do anything. He in the eighties, he's pretty much TV. And there's a movie in eighty seven called Sicilian Connection. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like you know, he's one of these directors. I mean, he's worked with one of the greatest directors of all time, and and he's done some pretty good shit himself. You'd think that he would, uh, you know, just be swimming in offers after opportunities. Yeah, because yeah. he was working at the right time when the industry was, you know, robust. But I think, I, my name, I think my, my yeah, I think my name is nobody is was a hit. I think it was. I don't know. Yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it was. But my dear killer is actually really bonkers. It's got an amazing opening with one of the most bonkers decapitations I've ever seen in film, and then it's got a brutal kill with like. Uh, 
a saw, like a hand saw. Okay, it's a George Hilton. Film. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's it's fun. I only watched it maybe a few months ago, um, maybe like June or something. Nice, nice. Uh, May, so it's it's fun. Um, kind of sounded familiar, but yeah, this one opens up. It's got smoke and blood, and it's kind of got a really somber tone in some ways. I, you know, that's one of the things I like early on about this one is. Um, the tone it's not kind of played kind of free-spirited goofy like we see with some westerns uh that just feel like they're kind of free-spirited guys on a mission and this really is to me a guys on a mission film more than anything even more than a spaghetti it's it's guys on a mission yeah it takes place as a spaghetti that's sort of the backdrop yeah i think your mileage might vary too on how much you get out of it if you're a fan of spaghetti westerns and uh italian cinema or if you're just like a big time movie buff I think you'll get a lot of mileage out of the kind of cast of characters because you yeah. get the guy from uh, what was that film we did recently? The guy that looked like Dario Argento and you know, does a killer. Uh, oh man! What was that um, movie? Orgasmo. <laughs> yeah, or Spasmo. Not Spasmo. Orgasmo. Spasmo. <laughs> yeah, he, he's in here. Uh, the guy that was the the gunman in Day of Anger. He's in here. Uh, yeah. Benito Stefanelli, who has some great facial oh, yeah, hair. Yeah. He's in here. Uh, and uh, that that uh, the other guy that that uh, the, the kind of big nose. I can't remember. Uh, his name in the movie, he's one of the soldiers they send on the way. He's been in a lot of westerns and spaghetti and Italian films. Um, but if you like those faces, you'll get a lot out of this movie. But I, yeah, I think, you know, sadly, for me, and I'm, I'm just going to say this, I, this movie never lives up to the poster. No, no, it doesn't. It definitely doesn't. Coburn immediately gives you like a few points. Yeah. Savalas immediately gives you a few points. Spencer immediately can. But he, the problem I have with the film, the biggest problem I have it on paper like seems like it works you know you got coburn as like the angel face you know spencer by his side which is great um if anything you know as much as i love um hill you're upgrading hill to coburn mm-hmm. now hill and spencer had a better chemistry together but you know coburn's you know better actor so yeah you know but the problem is everything with this film feels a bit too reined in at times like one of the most, and especially now seeing it now, um, because the first time I saw it, I didn't, it was punctuated, but not as punctuated as it is now. Savalas is totally wasted. Yeah, he doesn't even show up to like 45 minutes into the movie. He's totally wasted. And not only does he not show up, but he is so reined in. It's like they just told him to dial it down to one. Yeah, Anyone could have yeah. done the – but if you had to let him run wild like Palance in uh, <laughs> in uh, Thin Companeros, you could have had a really fun heavy. But they don't give him anything. Anyone could have done the role he did. It just – it's very – it's, you know, yeah, really dialed back. Yeah, I'd, I'd bet that he probably only worked one day. Yeah, not very many. That's for sure, man. Yeah. It's, it's he's, unreal. He's, uh, you know, he's maybe in the movie a total of like eight minutes. Seriously, yeah, I mean, he's, he's very rarely. I mean, if you think about it, his actual screen time is very, very small. Yeah, it is. Now, um, which, yeah, is unfortunate, you know, because it, it doesn't, you gotta have a face off where there's history here and you're not really given much invo- emotional investment other than, you know, being kind of with Coburn, but it, it's not really built up the way a really great showdown is. Um, Resort Lonnie did the score for this, which I think is pretty good. Mm hmm. You know, it's not iconic, but it's it's definitely good. It's serviceable. Uh, some of the things I do like about the film, I like. I think the prison at the beginning looks really great. Yeah, 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 really great. You know what I wish we'd seen? And I'm sure I've mentioned this anytime we've had a prison on our show in this setting of film. But 
like a Western prison break movie. Yeah. How come they never made any of those where, you know, you'd get, and maybe they didn't, someone's going to say, oh, don't you remember this? But, you know, even if you don't get sort of guys in mission, but it's like Escape from Alcatraz with, you know, a few guys. Yeah. And it's set like in a, you know, prison on like the Texas-Mexico border or something, as opposed to a film where he's escaped from prison and now he's going to go here. But to set it as a height, like a prison break film, would have been pretty cool. Yeah, my my knowledge of movies isn't quite as strong as it used to be. So, you know, it used to be a time when you could probably say that, and I'd be like, oh, man, come on, there was this, this, and this, but right now, drawing a total blank. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> yeah, don't I know. can't. It's and and you know, we might be right. We might be right. There might not be one. I mean, I, I don't know, but I, I know I can't not, uh, I cannot think of one right now off the top of my head. So, Someone says something about, I don't know if it was the tone, but it's been two weeks, so there's no way I'm going to remember it, but they, put, they said, shut up, Private Piggott. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but yeah. there's a reason I wrote down. Um, we said this off the air. Uh, Scott Clickers, if they're going to make a movie about his life, yeah, um, we'd cast any actors. We'd probably want to cast James Coburn. Yeah. Yeah. He really <laughs> – yeah, I mean, I, I never saw it until you said it, and when you said it, I could not unsee it. <laughs> yeah. I know Scott's penchant for – uh, high callers isn't the same as James Coburn no, or his or does he have quite the panache that uh, Coburn does whenever he steps off of a high uh, step or you know you ever notice James Coburn has this certain type of movement this kind of uh, yeah. you know I don't know what the word I'm looking for is but he just has this like Silva he's got a certain certain type of swagger that's yeah, all his own and yeah. uh, he he displays it quite often in this even when he climbs the rope uh, he's he does it yeah, in kind true. of a weird way so no, that's true he is really good I for me, the thing that works the most in this movie, and I wish there was more of it, is what well, there's there's plenty of interaction between the, the the characters, but I really enjoyed any time that Spencer and Coburn were talking to each other because they yeah felt, you could have just had it in their yeah. story but. yeah they they felt like you know it was like uh, a, it was like a buddy cop film in a way yeah and uh, they were really really good uh, as a team and you wouldn't see that I think first I mean. I would you wouldn't think that maybe right at first. I don't think I would um, think that those two would be perfect for each other. But Spencer, of course, he's one of those guys who the camera loves him, <clears throat> and uh, you know he's got so much uh, character appeal just in his way he looks, the way he moves, and he has a lot of fun in this movie. They give him a lot of really great moments in this movie. Matter of yeah. fact, they, they give him the I think the best moment in the movie when he comes into the With the uh, jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that when he when well that jacket's funny. Yes, that's the Tommy yeah, the Tommy boy moment there, <laughs> but. Yeah. The, Fat boy in a little coat. That's right. But man. the uh, the uh, the uh, the moment when he comes uh, running into town, the war is over. Hey, hey, you know, and he distracts everybody. It's pretty fun uh, to see Bud Spencer go that crazy because he's usually kind of laid back and obviously you know hits people on the head. So, <laughs> which oh, I think yeah. I think he does hit a couple people on the he head. He overhand smashes a few dudes. I think <laughs> yeah. in the head. that's his finishing move. So it is his finishing move, man. <laughs> totally is. Um. <clears throat> So, what do we got here? Uh, there's a dude named Mule Skinner in this. Yeah. Looks like Terry Funk, yeah. which I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Mule Skinner, what a harsh name. Um, what is this? Every gang has... Oh, I thought it said has one mullet. I'm like, every gang needs to have more mullets. But it says, I put every gang has one multicultural character where... Um, I liked, and I guess what I was getting at with that was, you know, sometimes I can seem inauthentic, but in this, I liked the 
the indigenous, I think it was indigenous Mexican character. I wish he had, had more time with him. That guy had a great face too. Oh yeah, the kind of a Mexican Indian character. Yeah, he was. He had a really fantastic face. Yeah, he was good. He was good in the movie. Yeah, he was good. He was one of my favorite parts about the film. Uh, Jose Suarez, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I could be. I could. <laughs> I could be wrong about that. How about uh, that uh, Rodney Dangerfield look-alike man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be that might be the uh the is that the the guy that's kind of they that the general kind of sticks with him yeah yeah i like him i can't remember his name man um i think he's a french actor probably there's a few frenchmen in there yeah i think he is but i, I couldn't tell you for sure but yeah no what's weird is we get another week another don backy look-alike now, neither one of us probably remembers the guy right now, but I remember being struck by the fact that a dude looks like Don Backey, who, of course, was in uh, Rabbit Dogs. Yeah. Two weeks in a row we've had one. Um, one of the things I like about Coburn, you know, always in films, he's played heavies in films. You know, uh, he wears the black hat, certainly, to a degree in Affliction. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that and uh, in, uh, in quite a few other things. Yeah, I mean, he, he has a presence, right? But I find him... He was the heavy and looker. <laughs> oh, yeah, was he? Yeah, he had the blow, but he had the blow-dried hair. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And I think Looker just got to get a Blu-ray release. Ooh, nice. Did it? Oh, no, I'm thinking of another film we watched with that uh, Serbian-American actor that uh, Roop uh, <laughs> covered with us. Oh. Nights, the Night Sleeper. I don't know what it's called. This is going to descend into <laughs> very bungling territory. Um, but Coburn to me always kind of reminds me of Paul Newman in that I find them both have a, a warmth to them that I have. I don't like them as bad guys. I always want them to be good guys. Uh, yeah. I, well, I think it's the smile. Uh, Coburn has a, a great smile. You know, he, he has tough guy looks, but he has a sweetheart, a sweetheart smile really in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and I think that that really works for him because, you know, he can kill you with kindness. You know, he's one of those type of character actors and stuff and. I've mm-hmm. always liked the way he delivers lines, and um, you know he's very skinny, very slender he is man, very slim, tall. Yeah. yeah, but he's always you know that that face and that look, and he looks great in a cowboy hat, and he looks great he in does. and most of his looks great uh, in a tailored suit. Yeah, yeah, he looks you know he's just he's he's a very strong presence, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, very interesting guy as well. You know, yeah, he totally is Bruce Lee student, right? Yeah, man, one of Bruce Lee's many students. Yeah. That's right. Um, I put something about dynamite on the. What do they stick the dynamite on? Uh, on the stone. It's been. A, it's I put dynamite on the stone. Bad move. Yeah. Dynamite. Whatever they put the dynamite on was a bad move. This is this is makes for riveting podcasting. Uh, yeah. Coburn, as we referenced, clearly picked the wrong dude to match uniforms with. Yeah. But and I thought they were like, there's no way they're going to find a jacket to match Spencer, and and they did play it for laughs, which was yeah, a wise yeah. decision. Um, and how man, you talk, we talk about Bolo Young, Bud can fucking throw a coat <laughs> and spread a rumor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love, I love uh, Spencer. Is he is like the definition of barrel chested? He totally is, man. I mean, this guy talk about a guy that's lived a wonderful life. I mean, he's. 
Yeah, he was young and he was a swimmer and he was in great shape. But man, he, he was got, a fucking hunk when he was young too. <laughs> yeah, he gets out, he starts acting and stuff. Guy just fucking eats plates and plates of pasta. He just doesn't give a fuck. Just goes he, for it. Yeah, he's still kicking, man. Still around, still kicking, and uh, from what I understand, still very much himself. Very still, very full of spirit and and all that oh, good yeah. stuff. He never really had like um, Terrence Hill, his uh, uh, his quite often his screen partner. He went on to, uh, you know, get some American, um, you know, publicity. And, and uh, they really kind of sold him in America. Tried to a little bit. And he had a few little minor hits and stuff. But yep. Spencer never really never really had that, you know. So Yeah. It's too bad. But, you know, what are you going to do? He, uh, yeah, but they, they were great. We got to do more of their films together, man. They have some fun ones. Oh, they really do, yeah. They, they are the, uh, you know. For me, like my for my grandmother, it was Hope and Crosby. But for me, growing up, it was Hill and Spencer. Yeah, man, they're they're. I came late to the party, but they're they're great together. Yeah. They're really fun. Their films in Brazil and Miami and stuff. They're a yeah. lot of fun. And they're they're usually they're they're wacky casting, uh, like for the gangs or for bad guys and everything. I mean, they're fucking okay. amazing. Some of the cast, some of the some of the gangs they have taken on in movies are some are for the ages, man. <laughs> It's true. We really should. Uh, I feel like those films are pretty tame. I should show my kids some of those. They're yeah, pretty tame. Yeah, yeah they're pretty tame. Yeah. How about that one where Spencer plays a where is it, plays a genie? I'm looking at a screenshot of that right now where he's snapping his fingers. Yeah. He's got a big headband on. That's amazing. Yeah, All the Way Boys. That was the one I watched uh, not too long ago. All the Way Boys is good. Yeah, and uh, that's a good one, I think, for for kids i mean it's kind of yeah. you know silly kind of treasure hunting type thing but it's got yeah, some no, pretty a good great. one for sure um 1900 uh man, i know it's terrible i forgot um, that uh i forgot bud spencer was in four flies on gray velvet yeah that's right um for some reason i put in here 1900 they're gonna party like it's 1899. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no idea now why I wrote that. Yeah, that's, this is the problem with taking notes oh. and doing the show a week later. <laughs> Two and, weeks and in our you, case. You know, you know what's the you know what that is though. That, the, what the thing that sucks is when you wrote that down. You probably thought, man, I got a fucking great joke. Here, I got man. a great one here, boy. <laughs> I can't wait to unleash this. There's so many well, times I've no done clue. that. <laughs> I have no clue what that even means anymore. But I can tell you. <laughs> That uh, at 43 minutes in this film, the train <laughs> that they use is the same train that was in Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, yeah, that house as well. That house, I believe, yeah. that they come out of is uh, the same house as well. Yep, well, so. for sure. Now, we spoke about Coburn, you know, good, bad. Savalas naturally tends to play bad guys in movies more, even though he's much loved for Kojak. But yeah. uh, I feel like he's another guy, too. I really wish he worked more because... Great face, could hold court as grizz as anyone. Like, you know, really great look. I just, it's too bad he didn't work more in some of the stuff that we really dig on. Yeah, no, he, uh, I, I was, you know, it's a shame. He was, he was older than I thought he was when he passed away. He was 72, but, um, I think he always looked kind of younger than that, obviously, because he, you know, shaved his head and he kept, you know, that bald look. So he looked timeless for, a, for quite a while. Yeah. But he's, yeah, I mean, he's been in some of my favorite, like, tough guy movies. Uh, he's, you know, he didn't do a whole lot, but the stuff he did do was uh, pretty amazing. But, yeah, you're right. In the movies, he usually plays the heavy. And the, mostly known for Kojak, uh, which, again, you know, it's one of those things where, like, him and James Garner, both 
very good actors in movies and stuff, but they kind of both landed these, uh, you know, these these television shows that kind of defined mm-hmm. them in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's very true. Um, I was watching the Rockford Files the other day. I was watching. I watched the first episode of the Rockford Files the other day. I've never actually seen it. I mean, I know of it. But. It's just a private ass show set on a beach, yeah. and you know, it is what it is. It, it, well, the great thing about the pilot is it's James Gardner versus William Smith. So you gotta you gotta watch That's the pilot. Amazing. Uh, That's amazing. William Smith is a is a cold blooded killer who wears zippered up gold boots. Uh, so oh yeah, wow! Yeah, you gotta check that. And he wears very, Fashion very yeah, very tight suits. Which I guess anything. This is nineteen seventy six. William Smith. So I guess everything was tight in that point in time. Wow, he's such a fucking scumbag. Even in the pilot of that show, I gotta see it. Yeah, that's fun, man. Like he kills, um, a, he kills an old man. He looks like he's fucking him while he's killing him. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he does because he's choking him with a, like a tripwire or something. He's he's like, yeah, you, you like that, don't you? Oh, I bet, man. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Nobody kills on screen like uh, William Smith. Yeah, he's he's a, he's one for the ages, man. He gets into it. I wish he did some westerns. I wish he did more work. He worked a lot later on, but yeah, when there was still money to be had in driving fare. I mean, he was making biker pictures and stuff, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm rambling now, I guess. But well, I wish never, he had never more. really turned down anything, really. Well, he had never has. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else do we got? He relocations a bridge, the cabana, mountain fort. I think all the stuff looks good. Um, I th- I like the stuff at the back, and I think the stuff with like the heisty kind of the stuff when they first get into the fort, it's good. In fact, it feels kind of Rafifi esque in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they also nod to Wild Bunch, of course, with the gun, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Which is good. Um, the back end, I think, is pretty good. There's some explosions. It's pacey, but moves great for a big dude, which is always impressive. Uh, I think the finale, you know, uh, we're not built up the way we need to be because Savalas has reined in. But um, yeah, I never, you know, I, I never really, you never really feel like the heavy is like insurmountable. You just, no. you feel like it's just a matter of time. He seems like he's sleepy. He just doesn't <laughs> want to be there, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No lollipops uh, back then. I guess. That's right. <laughs> That's right, man. Yeah. So yeah, those are all my notes. Yeah. All right. Uh, only got a few things to add, really. I mean, um, like you said, there are some really nice shots in here, some nice uh, vistas and things like that. Uh, you know, maybe due to the the budget or star power or something, they they could have they could have really. I think they could have really like brought in some. You know, I, I wish in a way this had like James Coburn, uh, Bud Spencer, Terrence Hill, Franco Nero. You know, maybe turn it into like a Magnificent Seven type deal. You know. Yeah, that would have been nice. That would have been really kind of. I think it's fine the way it is. I mean, I like the group. It's just, I think that if you're a big fan of these kind of movies, you'll get a lot out of that group. But if you're not a big fan, uh, I don't know if you. I don't know if you. I don't know if you could. Um, Agreed. There's a scene here. Spencer's got a hat on that only he could pull off. I mean, it's a it's a total what the fuck moment. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> um, let's see here. Oh yeah. I, I my my uh, note here was Savalas doesn't even show up until forty six minutes in, and even when he shows up forty six minutes in, he really doesn't show up. <laughs> no, he's like, hey, hey, bring me the gin. <laughs> oh yeah, he just was. He yeah, did the whole. He was in a western, so he couldn't do the Silva thing, sitting behind a desk talking on the phone. 
the Silva Saxon show up, you know, a couple of days, do their thing. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because it it is a spaghetti western slash macaroni combat slash caper movie. It's misguided and a little sloppy, but it works in spots. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I don't know how many times I would. Uh, I don't know how many times I would rewatch it. You know, I, it's, it's I, a I, solid Sunday afternoon yeah, film. I think that if what you said, I think it's one of those things where it almost can't live up to the the casting, and it can't live up to the the plot. And uh, I think a little of that either falls on Valeri or it falls on the producers who maybe, like I said, cut out that chunk. I'm not going to blame that uh, that chunk uh, on anybody in particular because who knows what happened maybe it just didn't maybe work they, at all yeah. you know maybe it was a, there was a female uh, antagonist or something in there or maybe they just I mean but that's a lot of movie to cut out man usually when you, you cut 10 minutes out of a movie you're cutting a big chunk you cut 40 minutes I mean Jesus it's almost yeah. a whole it's a, it's a half movie <laughs> so in some cases it is so you know I'd, I'd be curious what happened there um, but it, it does it very it also very much feels like and I feel like Valeri's westerns are kind of this way, except for Day of Anger. I've always kind of felt his westerns are westerns that feel influenced by the westerns previous. Like, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, like he never really, I mean, even though I think he's a very competent and very good director, he never really kind of brought anything of his own to some of these. I mean, he just kind of, you know, just, you know, got the jobs. And I think he did a perfectly fine job. And he was a very good and competent director, but he never really, he never really brought anything kind of new. I mean, I think the Price of Power might be the only thing that I can think of that really stands out in his filmography is something that kind of kind of hits a little harder than normal. Day of Anger is really strong, though. I mean, I like that a lot, but it is. But that's one of the few because I think with Italians, when you get Italian westerns, we're used to seeing a, a certain amount of verve in the filmmaking mm-hmm. in the spirit of the film but with him you don't get that all the time and I think it does yeah harken back to kind of more traditional uh, yeah, his, western yeah his westerns feel more American than they feel Italian in a lot of ways yeah. it's very strange but that, it is true, true. Um, but yeah no, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the rewatch though I mean uh, yeah it's solid for I'd, sure I'd only seen it once previously and that was probably under the same title you'd seen and then it was a muddy kind of ugly print and I didn't really like it at all so you know, it's one of those things where you think, why, why, why would you pick it then? Well, you know, I, I like to, you know, give movies another chance, and this is a chance to watch it on Blu-ray. Yeah, and, let the uh, cast be like, and yeah, see where it lands. And I'd forgotten how little Telly Savalas is in it, and how little uh, some of the other stuff takes place, but I still think it works. I think, I think it's it's a yeah, like you said, a fairly decent, you know, like Sunday matinee type movie. Uh, I don't think it's like it's not. It's definitely not the spaghetti western you. Uh, you know, you bring your friends over and say, "Hey, I got a spaghetti you need to see, man. This will blow your yeah. mind." You know, no, for sure. It's not Cemetery Without Crosses in your case, or The Great Silence, or something. You know, it's not. Yeah, it's not no, something no. like that. Um, but you know, we'll see what you got. Make a breaks MVTs. Um, my break, and this isn't really one scene, but well, well, I guess it didn't break it for me because I think it's a it's a fine enough film. But what kept it from being really great is. The finale, the finale is shot with a really high level of technical competency, but from a visceral or emotional standpoint, it's not quite there. So I feel like when you have all these things, I'm thinking, wow, that's well edited. Wow, there's some great stunt work. There's lots of guns, and it's it's a good, good finale. But when it feels emotionally flat, when you have that much technical competency, that's 
kind of unfortunate. So for me, that's what kind of kept it from being elevated. Yeah. MVT, I'm going to go with the cast. Um, it may not always execute, but the Spencer and Coburn stuff were fun. The indigenous Mexican character was pretty interesting to me. Um, Savalas, you know, even though he's like sleeping through it, uh, is still Savalas. So the cast is what it is. And my score is a 6.5 out of 10. Um, you know, it's a good one. Um, you know, uh, like I said, technically it's great, but or very, very good. Technically, it's better than some some westerns that I would score better, but yeah. emotionally, it doesn't quite give me the juice that some some yeah. of those do. Not yeah, I agree with you completely. Uh, my make or break. I like the scene with the. Uh, this is pretty much a Bud Spencer show for me. I like the scene where yeah. he runs through the town. You know, the war is oh, over, man. and he does all that. He chaos. spreads a rumor like it's no one's <laughs> business. Yeah, he knows what he's oh, doing. That's where my note came from because he spreads the rumor. Wow. And the town goes crazy. That's why I said 1900, they're going to party like it's 1899. Yeah. Because when he says, the war's over, the war's over, man, they go crazy. The fa- they're popping champagne. They're going crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's what it is. Um, my MVT is also Spencer. I like him quite a, f- a lot of film. I like Coburn as well, but Spencer, he just has some really great moments in this. The great moment where he's kind of uh, goofing off with the other kind of sergeant oh, uh, yeah. with the cigar and all that stuff. and. You know he's being kind of, oh the the other great moment with him and Savalas where he uh where he's acting like he's a <laughs> like he's a, a workman for the oh yeah the you know, he's kind of undercover first show up at the uh, the fort yeah 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 and he's undercover and stuff so undercover lover man yeah <laughs> it's pretty amazing um I'm trying to think uh okay yeah my score is just a little bit higher than yours six point seven five. Nice. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, I mean, that, that sounds like a low score, but you know that that's not really a low score. Oh, no, that's a good no, anything for me. Anything over a six is certainly certain, yeah, certainly worth a watch. Yeah. And uh, this, I mean, I, I think I've been a long time ago. I was thinking about it. I didn't score uh, Trinity very high. I think I scored it like a six point five, and that's because I have some problems with the filmmaking in it. But I still uh, push that movie upon people. Yeah. Because uh, you know, because of Hill and Spencer, and because of how kind of happy-go-lucky it is it's kind of a great kind of opening uh western for some i think mm-hmm. all right all right that's that we're gonna take a break come back and talk about uh whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> zombie holocaust yeah there you go how can i forget that title uh we'll be back right after this this is red brown you're listening to gentleman's guide to midnight cinema
Winwood. Yeah, that's amazing, man. I heard uh, I heard that today at Canada's Wonderland, and it was amazing because there was this like Jamaican grandmother grooving to it. Yeah, bring me a higher love. Cat. Cat's knocking shit down all over the place. He's trying to get out of here. Fucking cats. Look at that, man. Hang on one second. You, you, uh, uh, synopsis. Awesome Vamp for a second. Let me fix something. That ruckus causing cat. So, 1980s zombie holocaust, uh, aka, I guess, uh, Dr. Butcher MD. The members of an expedition in search of the last faithful of Quito, the cannibal god, land on a small island in the Moluccas, East Indies, and are soon hunted by cannibals and zombies. So that's probably as good a synopsis as we need, directed by Marino Gerlami. There we go. Of course, father of Enzo. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Very, very, yeah. You you got, uh, or you already gave the uh, synopsis there? I did. Nice, nice. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, this is this is probably more interesting for the fact that uh, Marino Girolami directed it. Yeah, than it might be for being a zombie film, uh, or uh, a cannibal film. Hey, take your pick because this 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 one likes to play with both. So it's such a pure distillation of all that is with Italian film. <laughs> yeah. The pylon of hot genres at the time and smashing them together: zombies and cannibals in one film. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It really is. Um, it's one of uh, Girolami's last films. I mean, he did some... I don't know what he was doing toward the end there. He had one called Flying Sex. He had uh, one called Nude Odeon. I think he was doing some porn. That's Rome, sad. The Other Side of Violence, uh, obviously. Uh, Which is an okay film. Yeah. Looks like Pier- Pierno Strikes Again. College Girl on Vacation. What the fuck was he doing? Uh, just trying to stay relevant, I guess. He did. Uh, he did. But he did some really. Uh, Ooh, College Girl on Vacation's got Marissa Mel in it. See, he had a really good run of Euro crime films. It's uh, yeah. And he worked a lot. That. I mean, we should say you know he worked a lot back in the fifties uh, and sixties, oh. early before before Rome. Italian cinema became a thing. Yeah, sorry, Romeo's Head of Violence is actually solid. I was thinking of um, Violence for Kicks. My apologies. Oh, okay. There you go. I wonder what Nude Odeon is. No, I haven't. I seen it. Dorothy Flower. Anyway. So zombie holocaust. Uh, okay, so this is let's talk. Let's talk about this a little bit. We 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 talk about uh, Italian cinema a lot on the show. The one genre we never discussed, and we've kind of said things offhand, off to offhand, offhand <laughs> over the years, is the cannibal film. Uh, yeah. The cannibal film is kind of unique to Italian genre cinema. Yeah, uh, no one else was really doing the cannibal films, were they? Yeah, no. I mean, Man from Deep River uh, was Umberto Lindsay, and arguably him and Diodato kind of have some fun on the documentary that's on this disc, kind of going back and forth a little bit, uh, talking about who kind of created the genre. Uh, but Man from Deep River is the first one I know of, uh, yeah. of the Italian cannibal films. And by saying that, what I mean is there's a certain thing that these films all have they have uh usually some type of animal cruelty they usually have uh gut munching uh, excessive gore uh they're usually pretty racist in a weird way yeah they're very sort of colonial and stuff i feel like they were born out of the mondo cane yeah, films right so yeah. which also italian mm-hmm. where you kind of combine those films with hg lewis yes gore and yeah that's what you get and it becomes this, uh, you know, it becomes this kind of weird 
amalgam is that the right the right word i think amalgam yeah, yeah of, of these genres but the one thing you can say about the cannibal film is from you know 72 to i don't know what 82 84 85 Something maybe like that, yeah maybe 86 87 i think there was a cannibal holocaust too actually that late um the italians kind of own this genre uh oh yeah as ugly as it was and and we should say flat out, this is an ugly genre. It's not. It's oh, not it because it's, it's people eating. Yeah. exploitative. Yeah, it's not because it's people eating people. That's disgusting. We get that, but that's not really. <laughs> that's not really the the worst of it. Though it it really is exploitation for exploitation's sake. There's a excessive nudity, uh, rape. Uh, again, condescending attitudes toward natives of all types, uh, be they actual natives or be they white people dressed up as natives. <laughs> um, just oh yeah! Very bizarre and uh, such a weird time in uh, cinema. And of course, it's not surprising that Lindsay was involved because he seems to have been involved in every genre. But uh, mm-hmm. Diodato kind of made you know his name with this genre and and arguably his masterpiece uh, with Cannibal Holocaust and easily the best Cannibal film you could watch. I mean, I I oh, tend yeah. I tend to enjoy parts of Lindsay's Make Them Die Slowly more than Holocaust, but Holocaust is easily the better film of the two. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, even though I think I, there was a couple moments in uh, uh, Ferox that I quite enjoy. Uh, with, uh, Ferox is good. Uh, Gino, uh, Radici. Radici's in there. Uh, yeah. He's such a fucking cunt in that movie. <laughs> I think such, Man from Deep River is Ursula Andrus, no? Uh, no, that's uh, that's what that's that one. Uh, what's that one called? Man, who? Which one is Stacey Keachin where he gets the hooks? And oh, man. What she is gets that hooks, one? Uh, which one was that? Ah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. Uh, uh, what hooks is that? Hooks to the nipple? Is that what it is? Uh, hooks to the nipple is uh, that's a uh, zero Carvova uh, or whatever. Uh, that, that's that's Ferox. Oh so. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in Ferox. I see now. I'm mixing up cannibal films. <laughs> well, that's that's very easy to do because another thing about these films, they all feel incredibly similar. They uh, do. They're not really. They're not really. There's not a lot of originality. They. They kind of, you know, all take kind of the same. Really, the most original would probably be Holocaust because of the uh, um, the uh, found footage aspect, and it kind of doesn't lose that. Uh, I'm, I'm looking right now at the uh, the eight essential Italian cannibal films. Uh, let's see here. So uh, that one, the one with Stacy Keach, eating alive. Isn't that eating alive? It must be. Yeah, uh... maybe it is eating alive. No, it's not eating love. A lot of them have Mimi Lay in them. We can't say that. She's in a lot of these. Uh, we're going to eat you. Mountain of the Cannibal God. Oh, there you go. Mountain of the Cannibal God. Emmanuel. Was him and Ursula Andress and Claudio Casanelli. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Emmanuel did a cannibal film. We met Emmanuel and the Lost Camels. That one's kind of nasty in spots. Uh, I believe uh, our good boy George Eastman may have wrote that. I think he's in it. As yeah. Well. <laughs> um, yeah, this this is this was their, their thing. So... Yeah, Man from Deep River, arguably the first one, 1972. And then Diodato came along and did, uh, I think it was Jungle Holocaust, which he did uh, in 77. And then he came along and did uh, Cannibal after that. So there you go. How about that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. and then, and what's interesting is, uh, you know, Bruno Mattei tried to hang on to the Cannibal thing because <laughs> he, he was hanging on to it in 2003. Yeah. Oh, man, uh, that's so far yeah, Tarantini's Massacre in Dinosaur Valley has got some nasty moments, and it's kind of yeah. known as uh, uh, Cannibal Ferox 2. And 
there's a few others in there. But then what gets interesting again is the only director who's really kind of taken this on has been Eli Roth, who's taken a lot of flack for things he said lately with the Green Inferno. And then uh, what's really interesting, and I'm super interested in, is The Bad Batch because that's Anna Lilia Mapur's, uh next film. It's a cannibal film, and it's arguably an Italian cannibal film. She's kind of going that route. So we'll see what that She's is. awesome, though. Yeah. We'll see what happens. It's got a great cast, so we'll see what happens yeah. with that. Uh, it's got uh, Jason Momoa, Jim Carrey. Keanu Reeves, <laughs> Giovanna Ribisi, <laughs> and Suki Waterhouse. So I can't wait wow. for the Bad Batch. It's going to be insane. <laughs> That's crazy. A love story among a community of cannibals t- based in a Texas wasteland. So I, I know you're pumped. I am, man. That's going to be good. I'm, I'm excited. Yep. Um, another thing about these films that's kind of noticeable, they usually have Ivan Razumov in them. They yes. usually have Bob Kerman in them. <laughs> yep. Or Who, in who's them. completely separated himself from the genre has he not he's yeah he's tried to negative things yeah he said a lot of negative things because of the meanness of them but bob kerman robert kerman's made a lot of garbage i mean he's He's made made a lot yeah he's made he made a ton of porn films uh yeah you know uh he was named as what was named bola rick bola or something bola was that that was his name as a porn star i can't remember anyway uh mimi lay is in uh two or three of these and she's almost always naked the whole time so uh she's very memorable so anyway Let's get into it. The, like I said, uniquely Italian. That's the one thing about the Cannibal film. It's kind of the genre they arguably, instead of ripping off, they kind of own. Um, 88 Films put this out. It's part of their Italian collection, release number five. They got some pretty interesting films in their Italian collection. I know Burial Grounds in there. That'd be interesting to talk about that someday. That's oh, yeah. A, I a, love Burial Grounds. That's a real fucking bonkers movie, to say the least. Love Burial Grounds. <laughs> but their Italian collection is uh, pretty interesting. It's got some uh, stuff in there that we've covered. But um, I'd like to cover a few others. I'm trying to I'm trying to look it up right now. The Italian collection. There it is, right there. Let's see what they got in there. Because I don't have the disc in front of me. They got the uh, the disc. Um, Anthropophagus. They got which you know maybe maybe we ought to cover that at some point. We never cut. We never talked about Anthropophagus. Mm-hmm. Um, Blast fighters in there. Burial ground. Uh, ooh, blood sucking Sarah Pharaohs from Pittsburgh. I don't know about that. Spasmo. They actually got a release of Spasmo themselves. Bloodstained Shadow, Night Train Murders, which we talked about covering, and we might do Hitchhike's on there. Hitch Hitchhike. Hitchhike is on there. Sorry, I was saying Hitchhike. <laughs> uh, Zombie Flesh Eaters Two, SS Experiment Camp, stuff like that. So, uh, pretty interesting. And they also put out. Uh, they're putting. Oh, they put out Slaughterhouse. That uh, one you talked about. You got confused with Madman. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. In their Slasher Classics collection. So yeah, I wanted to check out some of the stuff, and this is a pretty nice presentation. I got to say, it, yeah. uh, it's a nice disc. Yes. Uh, this 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 disc is much nicer than the film <laughs> deserves. Certainly, uh, Zombie Holocaust is not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. It is an interesting one, though, and I tell you the reason why for me is because it takes that cannibal genre, it kind of mashes it with the Italian zombie genre, and it mixes in. And it gives, for me, it gives me one of my favorite Ian McCullough performances. I like Ian McCullough in this film, like, even more than I liked him in Contamination. Oh, do you? I like him more in Contamination. Do you? I like him in this yeah. one. I like him, uh, I think he's a little bit more heroic in this. Um, a little bit more kind of go get him, you know, a little, little less, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little less Warbeck and a little bit more uh, Hilton, maybe, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, maybe so, yeah. yeah. This one's got its moments that are nasty, though. You know, you get some grinding knife. That, that knife on the wrist action, that's a fucking, it drives me nuts. It just keeps going. Yeah, there's there's uh, some moments in this, for yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, but it, it is fun. I, I like that it sets itself up pretty simply. 
although these doctors, you know, they don't want anybody to know the crazy stuff's going on at the morgue in the school. So like, hush, hush, you know, keep it quiet. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, one of our, our leads, uh, what's her name? Uh, she's pretty hot, the uh, blonde girl. Is that, uh, that's not, is that Alexandra Delacoli? Man, I can't believe I closed the. Um... I can't remember if that's her or if, uh, yeah, that is her, Alexandra Delicoli. It, sorry, give me just one moment here, Sammy. Keep talking. I'll be yeah. right in a second. <laughs> um, she is very nude uh, throughout the film. And uh, she also has one of my favorite lines in the movie where she says anthropology is her secret obsession. So, uh, yeah. I mean, you, how can you go wrong there, right? I mean, you know, so a girl tells you anthropology is her secret obsession. You got you to gotta stick, you know, stick around her. Um, <laughs> uh, I wait till Will comes back a little bit, but yeah, she is very nude throughout the film. Uh, which you know, depending on your taste, you get what you want out of these movies because they really are exploiting all of the elements of cinema that uh, exploitation cinema is known for. And they kind of se- it seems like it, it's one of those things where it's almost like one upsmanships from the uh, directors themselves. It's very bizarre. The way they decide to come to kind of do this kind of stuff, and uh, it works though, it works. I gotta say, it works. The uh, other thing that there's this film has a very memorable dummy fall. Um, we always talk about dummy falls on the show and how much they mean. Well, they mean a lot to me. I know Will likes them a lot as well. Um, the dummy fall is uh, pretty brutal in this one. It's very nasty. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous, but it works. Um, like the best dummy falls do, and uh, it's kind of gross in a weird way. It's kind of like sickening the way the body hits the thing. If there is a big flaw with Zombie Holocaust, amongst the many flaws that it has, I think it might be the flaw that the biggest problem I have with a lot of uh, cannibal films, and that's that they they kind of they move like a zombie. They really move slow. I have a lot of problems with the storytelling. Typically, it's not as interesting as it should be. You get a bunch of people together in one location. They travel to another location. Uh, high seas, adventure, Amazon, uh, the jungle, whatever, whatnot. It's never quite as interesting as it should be. And um, this one, it, it struggles. Uh, I mean, it's, just, it's like a fourth of the film, maybe almost. Uh, it's, it's quite a bit of the film, almost half of the film before any real action starts taking place a lot of time they're talking about it people have all these little weird trinkets around and and all that kind of stuff and it gets kind of it gets pretty tedious after a while you just want to keep moving along i don't think that marino girolami does this film any favors because i'm not super familiar with girolami's work i mean obviously i know a lot of enzo's work and and all that but girolami doesn't feel to me like he has any real defining defining style he feels to me like he's more like a a very uh, competent director who could get the job done and uh, workmanlike. I mean, he was a guy that made, you know, two and three and four films a year. And I don't think he was trying to kind of, you know, hit you over the head with style in any way, shape or form. Um, Not that I'm aware of everything that I've ever seen by him. I think I've seen a couple of Westerns. um, Nothing stands out to me. The Eurocrime films, they're pretty good. But they don't really they don't really stand out to me. Um, I mean, not like a Lindsay Eurocrime film or anything like that. So this is kind of a mixture of, and I don't know where they shot this one. That, that's another thing I, I meant to look that up, but uh, I guess I'll look it up now. I don't know if it 
Has the excuse me, yeah. Oh, trying to stay awake tonight. Um, sorry, I apologize. The um, I don't know if it really has anything in here where they shot the movie. Uh, they shot a lot of these, I know, in uh, Vietnam, Thailand, places like that. It looks like this one was shot in Italy, obviously, in New York, but it doesn't say where else. Now, they could have used some you know, nice floral areas in Italy, maybe, for the jungle, but it does look like a lot of these uh, same uh, locations that they used, like for Zombie. As a matter of fact, I just clicked on the trivia. It says filmed on the same sets as, as Fulci Zombie, so there you go. And I don't know where Fulci Zombie was shot. Um, but essentially, it's the same. It looks a lot like Fulci Zombie. I can tell you that. Uh, let's see here. Hey. Yeah. Sorry, I was kind of going on the... Looks like uh, Fulci Zombie was shot in Dominican Republic and Mexico. So I'd yep. say that some of the Dominican Republic the stuff is... I know some of the same sets are used in this film that were used for Zombie. So I know oh, that right. now. I know that now. I didn't know that when I was talking a little while ago. I was kind of talking out my ass, and I clicked on it, and I was like, oh, how about that? So that's interesting. Um, this is certainly, like I said, a mixture of Cannibal Holocaust, Zombie, and kind of a little bit of Dr. Moreau. This is also known as Dr. Butcher MD, which we've talked about as a very exploitive title to kind of, kind of capitalize on what it's going for. Maybe kind of make it stand out to the other Cannibal films. I mean, this came in 1980. The Cannibal film was pretty big in 1980. That was the same year Cannibal Holocaust came out. And so this is a cash-in. And Zombie came out in 80 as well, right? I believe. I believe it was 80 or 81, yeah. Yeah. So this movie's cashing in on both those genres hardcore. So probably trying to make sure that it stands out a little bit. They may have changed the title for some drive-ins or American stuff to Dr. Butcher MD. Uh, it's a pretty silly title, obviously, but especially the medical deviant Awful part. Title. <laughs> the medical deviant part. Uh, here's one of the interesting things, and I'll give you a little, little bit of little. Let me tell you something, people. This little, little Sammy, little Sammy biography information here. <laughs> Italian cinema and me kind of go hand in hand when it comes to the cannibal genre. Because when I was growing up, uh, you know, I wanted to be extreme. I wanted to be, you know, I was a gore hound. I, I was, I was Mr. Cool. You know, I wanted to have the films nobody else had. Uh, I think there's a part of us that all like horror films that want to be that guy. And I would always try to show cannibal films to my friends. And every time I would think of Italian cinema, before I would think of Sergio Leone, before I would think of Umberto Lindsay, well, not really Lindsay, because yeah, I did think of him, but before I would think of some of these other great Italian directors, like Pasolini, uh, Antonioni, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the, the, first thing, yeah, the, first thing, <laughs> the first thing that would always come to my mind is fucking cannibal movies. Uh, nice. they're, they're so synonymous with this stuff. And so uh, people would say, yeah, man, let's, let's watch a cannibal movie. And immediately you know, I start thinking about small tents and palm trees and muddy water and animals being mistreated. And, uh, you know, where's the scenes that are going to gross uh, the girls out tonight? You know, let's, let's make sure the girls get grossed out tonight and, uh, stuff like that. And I, you know, I owned a lot of these on tape. Uh, the ones I didn't own, obviously I dubbed the tapes. Because uh, the 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 uh, video labels were geniuses with this stuff when they would put like most of these cannibal films had like what banned in eighty countries on the cover, all uh, sorts of sensationalist stuff to really pound home. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you were getting away with something if you could rent this. Yeah, yeah. And my mom, you know, she didn't. You know, it was a different time. She didn't. You know, whatever. Banned in eighty countries. Whatever. She don't care. You know what? what what's the worst you're going to see? Well, there was some pretty bad stuff I saw. So. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm a little bit more educated on what my son might watch as opposed to what my mother yes. was. Uh, some of it, none of none of this stuff ever scared me. 
uh, because I don't think the cannibal genre is scary. I think not the, at all. I think the idea is scary, obviously, and I get that. Oh yeah, the execution—they're not really interested in execution as much as they are as mm-hmm. being able to sell it as being nasty. Yeah, the queasiness has always been there with me a little bit because I got to be honest with you, man. When we eat animals, uh, you know, we tend to eat like uh, muscle and meat, and and, and you know, we don't just go for the intestines. And if I'm going to eat a dude, I'm not going to eat the intestines. <laughs> That's the last thing I want to eat. <laughs> that is what you call a bad move. <laughs> yeah. A little pro tip. GGTMC pro tip here. If you happen to turn into a zombie or cannibal and you're in, you know, in the jungle with uh Umberto Lindsay and he's yelling at you or whatever, don't go for don't you know, don't go for the innards, man. Oh, where all yeah. the waste and shit sits compacted, yeah. man. Come on, go for some prime rib. Yeah, cut some of them, you know. Filet that Rump shit. roast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of meat back there, you know, so. And, you know, I, I like a little fat on my meat. I, I like I don't I, I like a lean cut, but I like, you know, I like a nice strip steak. I like a nice little, you know. I want some marbling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want some, you know, I want some t- flavor. I don't want, you know, intestines for Christ's fucking sake. I mean, Jesus. But, you know, obviously we know from experience that in horror films, intestines sell. And uh, they sell easy, right? You can put a half body, put somebody on the floor, you start pulling out these guts, and intestines can stretch all the way across the whole set, right? So it, it sells. It's a sell. And uh, that's the whole point. But munching on guts, disgusting. That's just not the area I would go for. Um, I wouldn't even go for that area in the animals. I don't eat fucking, you know, I don't eat uh, pig intestines either. I just don't do it, you know? The uh, only thing intestines are good for, here's the pro tip <laughs> for casing your salami in. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's what you use it for. And it's expensive, sadly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, thing about zombies or thing about cannibals too is, you know, they they it's always weird to me that they all love their meat so fresh. I mean, it seems to me like you know you're not really going to survive as a cannibal tribe if you immediately kill the dude and eat them. It seems to me like you'd want to keep take them back to camp. You know, harvest that a little bit. You Why know? don't you maybe put a dry rub on to cure it? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Get a nice St. Louis Especially dry rub being on there. Italians. I mean, this is really blasphemous to the whole practice <laughs> yeah. of meat consumption. Yeah, the whole cured meat pro- thing from Italians. I mean, they're, they're some of the masters, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it gets your salamis, you know, your pastrami. I mean, you got you got some great meat. Forgot how they made their soprasata. All of a sudden, it's like let's munch some intestines. You know, if you're from Jersey, they got the gabagool. You know, what, what's going on? You know. <laughs> Or capicola, or whatever you want to call it. Um, My kids love mortadella, man. It's like the Italian bologna. They they live for it. That fucking shit's good. I, I live for it, too. It's good, man. I live yeah. for any Italian cured meat, though. I can eat just about anything Italian cured oh, meat. Yeah. It's good shit. Joe and Coop right now and Tanner are not down with this review. <laughs> no, no, they're not. But, you know, those guys, they probably don't. I, don't, I mean, you know, they probably think the cannibal genre might be kind of gross anyway. Uh <laughs> Uh, you know, there's there's things that are this one we should say if if you don't want to watch any of these films because of animal cruelty, there's no animal cruelty in this, I believe. Uh, not that I can remember. Do you remember any in this? I don't remember any in this. I remember one. some dummy cruelty though. Yeah, yeah. I talked about that a little ago. There's some dummy cruelty. Uh there's definitely that. Zombies show up in here about fifteen minutes in uh, in Nightmare City makeup before it was cool. Uh it's weird. <laughs> it's like Umberto Lindsay saw this and was like, ah, I got my yeah. idea for my zombies. That meatball head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they show up. Uh, Rockin' zombie sandals. You know what? We should put out a. We should put out a uh, a sponsored or you know we should uh, endorse zombie sandals with GGTMC on the on the thing between your big toe and your uh, 
you know, because these zombies and the, the, these sandals that are worn in these Italian uh, zombie cannibal films are, are pretty unique. Uh, <laughs> they all look alike. I think these guys, I think they all had the same costumes, all these films. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, the zombie sandal, I love. It would have been great to have like a GGTMC swoosh on there. Uh, this has an awesome, uh, great outboard motor death. Uh, really great. Yeah, McCullough really bringing the thunder on that one. That yeah. might be the most memorable kill in the film. <laughs> it's easily the most memorable kill uh, in the film, yeah. Other than the dummy death, but those two are on par for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was saying when you was away. One of the most memorable things about the film is uh, the amount of nudity that Alexandra Delacote has. She has quite a bit of nudity in it, and it's yeah. it's pretty exploitive, too. I mean, it's heavy. It's it's. I mean, she spread eagle at one point. She is. Um, she loves a man in sandals. I like the leads, and I like the cast. I like Ian McCullough. I like Della Coley. I like uh, Susan, Sherry Buchanan. Peter O'Neill's good. Uh, I like the doctor, Donald O'Brien. He was in Ghost House. I like him. Uh, the, the, those guys are good. Everybody else is kind of you know hit and miss because it's just kind of, you know, some of these guys have been in some of these other movies. Some of these guys have not. But the problem with this movie, and I was talking about this while you were gone, there's no style to this movie whatsoever. Not that I need style. I, I can, Zero. I can have a good story, no style. That's fine. But there's no story either. This film, like so many cannibal films, the biggest problem I have with it, they set them up in one area. They move to another area. There needs to be the. There needs to be a sense of adventure and danger and potential, uh, well, potential eatery. But we know that's going to happen. But it's boring getting there. You know, they're just walking around the jungle. They're like, oh, you know, what's this? Oh, what's that? Ooh, what's this? Oh, wow. You know, it's just like, come on. You know, there's a lot of fucking, a lot of nudity. A lot of bush. <laughs> a lot of bush. <laughs> you know, so unfortunately, there's not a lot of fucking. There's not a lot of nudity. There is a lot of bush. And there is a lot of nudity, actually. But there's not a whole lot of fucking. So um, toward the end, we get what's. I like the climax of this film, though. I mean, for as for as dull as most of the movie is, I like the way this thing pays off. I mean, you get a you get a yeah. you get a native that shows up wearing Ace Freely makeup for some reason. You know, I thought he was going to yeah. thought he was going to go into Two Thousand Men or something. You know, start oh, he, was back in, <laughs> he was back in the New York groove, man. <laughs> but it's a weird climax because it kind of feels anticlimactic in a way. I mean, it works. There's a bit of vengeance there, um, yeah. but. I don't know why this film became infamous. Uh, maybe it's just one of those things where it came out so close to Cannibal Holocaust that I think a lot of people saw it, kind of like they did Ferox, with the hopes that it was another Holocaust. And it kind of got roped in with those. Uh, it's not as good as Man from Deep River. It's not as good as um, Cannibal Ferox. No way. It's not as good as, um, well, there's a few others I'm trying to think of. Not that I'm I'm the cannibal connoisseur, but I mean, Ooh. I even, I even like uh, you know, bunch bits and pieces of Anthropophagus more than I like this one. So yeah, and and and, and that, you know Anthropophagus is is a mess. I mean, come on. You know when you talk about cannibalism, though, there's um, we've only covered one other cannibal film, right? We are what we are, which was the Chilean film, which is a tremendous Mexican. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, uh, we 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 it's not a genre. Obviously, it's not a genre that's really kind of. Well, I mean, argue. Well, we never covered a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, so it wouldn't matter. But uh, it's not really a genre we've covered that much, and it's not because we don't want to. I think it's because we grew up watching these movies, and we yeah. just don't really have any interest in kind of going back to them. They're not. Some of them are not bonkers enough uh, to have a fun conversation with. Some of them are just 
either dull or just ugly, you know? Untold stories of one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Hong Kong. But um, I enjoyed this more than I thought I would. It looks pretty good. I've ne- I, yeah. I got to say, I've never, I know we say this a lot, but I've never seen Zombie Holocaust look this good. So I think the presentation's great. There's a terrific documentary that I believe was on the DVD release as well um, called Eaten Alive, the rise and fall of the Italian cannibal film. Uh, with some very nice uh, scholarly uh, advice and moments and, and knowledge and trivia and all that good stuff about the Umberto Lindsay's in there, Diodato's in there. Um, it's it's very interesting to watch those and and talk about. Them, I think um, and talk about the genre because it kind of like I said, seventy two to about I don't know eighty three maybe eighty four eighty five I don't know two thousand three like I said with uh, Bruno Mattei, but that's a different animal. But that's a horse of another color, to say the least. And he's bringing Disco Duck to like, <laughs> yeah, the wrong party, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know that that's that was Mattei. He was always, you know, day late and a dollar short, to say the least. <laughs> um, a few dollars short. Oh yeah, but yeah. What do you think of uh, what did you think on your revisit Zombie Holocaust? Um, I think I put these sesame snaps down because I know I know with me and you. We've talked about cannibal films before, and really the only two that I think we can mutually agree on is Holocaust and Ferox. I don't really know. Yeah. I mean, and an untold story. If we're gonna, lump yeah, yeah. that in, but yeah, and uh, maybe Man. From, I mean, I don't know if you've seen Man from Deep River, but yeah, yeah, it's fine. And I, uh, little, I don't mind Jim's Jonish kind of thing going on. There. Yeah, and um, maybe that wasn't that. Maybe that was Eaten Alive. I don't know. It's one of the ones with uh, Resimov where he played kind of a Jim Jones type. Rasmus was good. We just had Rasmus on our show recently. Yeah, he's one of these actors that kind of got roped into him. And uh, what's that other that girl you like uh, that was in uh, House on the Edge of the Park? She she was in uh, Ferox and a couple other nasty Italian oh, yes. films. Uh, Lorraine DeSalle. Yeah, yeah, she was in Ferox. So. Yeah, I don't mind uh, eating alive though. Yeah, no, I mean they're, I don't mind at all. they're they're the thing. Like I say, I like the thing it. with the the mileage may vary on these films because yeah. for every good moment there is in one, there's an ugly moment of either animal cruelty or sexism or racism. Again, their movies made in their time. I really don't care about that stuff. And I'm no, I don't want to sit here and say that, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm above it because, you know, I watch these films and I'm above the racism. I'm not above it. I just, it is, it is weird to watch it in hindsight. It's one of those things. It's like watching, it's like watching an Al Jolson movie in hindsight. It's like, yeah. Whoa, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay, well, these poor natives, I mean, fuck Italians really don't like natives. But of course they they didn't think anything of that. They just thought just like we thought with cowboys and Indians, right? They just thought, you know, bad yeah. guys, bad guys, that's all. Yeah, of course. Um what we got here. So yeah, uh Fabrizio I don't know if you had actually mentioned this, you might have when I was gone, but the, there's an, a full length, like ninety minute documentary on on cannibal films on this disc. Yeah, I mentioned it just toward the end there. Yeah, it's a fantastic little watch. I watched some of it, you watched all of it. Um sure, it's really good. It's actually, well, I'll say this, you know, that this film, like I said, mileage may vary, and it's not the greatest film in the world, but the disc is worth owning just to have that and, and this on the same disc. It's really nice. Yeah. It's a scholarly, entertaining approach to discussing the genre. Um, the score is pretty good for this one. Now, Fabrizio D'Angelo's produced it, which, you know, he's a pretty productive producer at the time. Sadly, this film opens with some gross man feet. 
<laughs> really gross, man. That's what I want to see close-ups of. Um, and uh, I love how I think the body goes missing. Something happens and it gets blamed as being a fraternity initiation test. And that's such a ridiculous like trope of yeah. genre films. Uh, University prank. And yeah. the guy says, you should have seen what we had to do in my day. It's like, <laughs> what could you have possibly done that was worse than stealing a fucking corpse? Yeah. <laughs> or sawing a Honestly. hand off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or sawing an arm off. That's what it was, right? The arm went missing. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, the wrist. Or, so that was the one where they saw on that wrist forever, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, oh, there is a room. Did you see this where the chair upholstery, the blanket, and the wallpaper all matched? Oh, yeah. That's, That's intense, that, man. That was. That's intense. There's some a great uh, you know, great combination. Uh, if you're a lady, bring in the incense and lingerie thunder to the scene. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Get down with the teddy and some uh, frankincense, man. That's a winning combination. Um <laughs> That's a that's a that's a really hot moment, and I tell you, I have a weakness for women in a t-shirt and nothing else. Oh yeah, uh, it's right up there with the washing hair. Matter of fact, it goes hand in hand with the washing of hair and the t-shirt and nothing else. Mm-hmm. But she the, she has that creepy moment with the uh, the leftover skull from uh, Fulci's zombie shot, uh, and uh, yeah. and uh, he comes in there and he's holding her, and I'm sitting there thinking, man, raise that shirt up, smack that ass a couple times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no kidding, man. <laughs> Misogynist in me. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, you want to see the old. Well, you know, well Della Coley, I mean, she's she's a fine-looking woman, you know? Good-looking woman. Striking. Yeah, that's true. Um, and she's a natural blonde, we should say. You, you Do you find that out in this film? We do find that out. <laughs> yeah. I said that to my wife. <laughs> yeah. She walked in, of course. I was watching. So, yeah, carpet and oh, yeah, my wife didn't walk in with this one, thank God. I don't even know how to explain some of the moments in this film to my wife. Yeah, well, and of course... I don't know how to explain <laughs> that chintzy tribal tattoo that the dude's rocking. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's drawn on with lipstick or something. Um, uh, and how about a homegirl that <laughs> that rocks the bolo tie? Yeah. I don't well, see too many women wearing bolo ties, man. No, no, that's not a, that's not a big go. Uh, that's more of a Patrick Swayze thing. Not really. A- yeah, that is more of a Swayze thing. Um, how about this? <laughs> I don't know who wrote the script for this. But there's a few real, like, gem kind of lines in this one. One of my favorite exchanges is when they're talking about uh, McCulloch. And uh, the, one of the, I think it was one of the women says, he's one of our top anthropologists. We're all waiting for him to win the Nobel Prize. <laughs> yeah. So ridiculous, man. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you what's not ridiculous, but it is impractical. Here's another GGTMC pro tip. <laughs> now, McCulloch... Wants to rock the trench coat. Yeah. Brother, you can't wear a cream-colored French uh, trench coat in a mucky season. <laughs> that thing will be dirty five minutes after you step out the door. Yeah. Yeah. A cream trench coat, just you can't do it. I was looking it's at just uh, Donald O'Brien's uh, filmography, and in the one film with uh, Giolami he did in 1980 after this called Flying Sex. Yeah. Um, he's plays a character. Yeah. Named, he plays a character named Mister Slider. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was my nickname, man. Uh, yeah. Mister Slider. Yeah, slide right in there. That's right. Man. <laughs> um, he was in Hands of Steel, but I don't remember him. In it. He was the professor in Hands of Steel. Oh, that's awesome. 
He's the guy that gets, oh, is he like the blind professor? I think, I, I can't remember. He's still around. I, I know he had some health issues, but he's still around. How about the tribal peeper, peeper in this with the Prince Valiant haircut, man? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot I'm of Prince Valiant haircuts. There's I, a lot, a lot how, of Prince Valiant How do they haircuts. get such a straight cut in the jungle, you know? I don't know. These guys have I no just, scissors. Yeah, they come correct, though, must, whatever they're using. Must have been those natives with the hairy chest. Yeah, that mix. That's right, man. <laughs> they showed up with scissors, like hey. They showed up with scissors. Um, how about that boat captain in this man? The guy's smoking his brains out. <laughs> yeah. He loves it. Um, Italians really don't know how to how to handle a boat captain, do they? The they boat don't. captain's always a cunt or moron or something. They they really they really dislike. <laughs> There's the never boat just any sort of standard competent. <laughs> even in boat ghost, captains. even in Ghost House recently, that boat that dude guy. was a lush <laughs> and a chicken. <laughs> it was a coward and lush. They I'm really sure. have strong opinions of the boat captain. <laughs> they do, man. They totally do. Um, oh man, it's like it's like it's like the Asian comment on mentally ill people or mentally incompetent. Is it people. the boat captain? <laughs> is the Italian thing. boat captain? Yeah. <laughs> No, it's very true. You want to go over to the island? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's it's. I'm surprised he wasn't wearing the bib overalls, no shirt, man. <laughs> yeah, that's it's unreal. What that's what I'm wearing right now. Nice. <laughs> um, but uh, what do I got here? Oh, the one friend, like the stubbly friend in this. Clearly, they couldn't get Al Cliver for the role, so they got this dude. Yeah. Like Al Cliver was too busy, so they had to get this guy to fill the Al Cliver I wonder, role. I wonder what Cliver was doing at the time. He's probably doing a film like this, sort of. I mean, he, we just, probably with a. He's probably he just did Zombie, pleasure. right? He just did Zombie yeah. in 1980, so he probably just got done doing that, and he probably just left. And they're like, "Hey, bring Ian McCullough, bring that other dude in. It looks like Cliver, that Pat Peter O'Neill guy." <laughs> this guy is to Al Cliver <laughs> what um, Jeff Blinn is to uh, Franco <laughs> Nero, man. Oh, but Blinn, uh, no, it's that's I like, like Blinn though. Merely, merely. To Merrily, that's right. But Merrily is a Xerox of Nero. Yeah. Nero. All of them are a Xerox of Nero. <laughs> yeah, so is uh, so is Hill. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, a to lesser and better degrees, right? But all of them yeah. are a copy of something like that. That's right. Um, how about the boat captain? He wants to tell time. So he looks at his watch. That's not good enough. He decides to look at the sun for confirmation. <laughs> to get the time, like your watch wasn't good enough. Yeah. It's like he kind of had that one backwards, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> it uh. was curious for me to see like an Asian tribe like this. A lot of times you get some, you know, some South Pacific, but primarily kind of, uh, you know, Papua New Guinea, those regions. But these look to be to be Vietnamese or something comparable. So um, oddly, Al Cliver did in 1980. He did Flying Six, which was another. Oh thing no way! He did White Cannibal Queen, did Molto Dupuy, he did Devil Hunter. So he was busy in 1980. So maybe he just couldn't show up to do uh, Zombie Holocaust. He made Flying Six, though. There you go. Yeah. Um, and White Cannibal Queen. Maybe he had his share of. That's a that's a uh, Jess Franco film. So it's got to well, be. Then. I'm sure it's solid. Classy joint. <laughs> yeah. Um, the boat captain was great in this too because he looked like a sweaty ascot wearing Carl Malone. <laughs> yeah. And he had a satin sash lasso, I think. Yeah. Oh, no, he didn't. But I think the, the, the tribal men did. I don't remember and, the tribal men having anything but 
like loincloths on. And Prince Valiant cuts. Yeah, and Prince Valiant cuts. That's all I remember. Yeah. I don't know what this is. Oh, McCollum with the Evan Rude. How clever. Uh, still around, huh? I bet. Last Man. film, 1995, Fleshy Doll. Fleshy Doll. That's an Andre, about, that's an Andrea Bianchi film. Oh, Bianchi's a good trash master. How about, uh, yeah, McCullough giving, uh, giving that one Kennibal the Hogan haircut, man. Oh, no, no, what am I saying? The doctor in this gives the one chick the Hogan haircut, the Hollywood Hogan haircut before he operates on her, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, There's some nice gross moments in here. I mean, there are some good gross moments. If you're into that. Yeah, if that's your thing, if that's your bag. Um... You know, I wish there was no more nighttime stuff, though, because I, I think some of the stuff for the trekking through the jungle is good. But when it gets to be nighttime and this is, I guess, where they, they really throw away the notion of suspense or tension or atmosphere, because those moments at night could have really been parlayed into something where they could be anywhere in the jungle. You know, there could be something out there. I mean, but they don't really parlay it into anything. No. If anybody, um, if anybody listening can, I've been looking for this film forever. Uh, Maniac Killer. It's a uh, Bo Svensson, Chuck Connors, Robert Ginty joint. Mm. Um, murderous cult kidnaps French prostitutes, tortures them to death to purify them of their evil ways. Local pimps, understandably upset, set out after them as does a man whose girlfriend was kidnapped by the cult. Um, Bo Svensson plays Count Count Silviano. Of course, uh, he does. Chuck Connors is Professor Roger Osborne, and Robert Ginty is some character named Gondran. But either way, Gondran. <laughs> either way, I've been trying. That's a Bianchi film that I've been looking for forever, and I can't find it anywhere. I hope Svensson wears an amulet in that film. I don't know. I'm going to do a Google search for both Svensson Maniac Killer. Talk about a guy that cashes checks. Oh, that guy's yeah. He's, he's cashing checks, man. Even um, if, even if it's got zeros on it, he's cashing that fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My wife pointed out the white dudes in the tribe. If you didn't have enough of them. Yeah. Like enough of the local, like the whatever um, uh, ethnicity the, the tribes, the tribal group was. How about this? I don't know if you mentioned this, but there's a, there's a, a cannibal in this. And I, I looked and I knew, having seen enough of these films, he's heavily like clothed compared to the other ones. Yeah. I'm like, this dude's doing a, a terrible stunt any second. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I totally forgot about this. I totally forgot about it. But I knew as soon as I saw him that it, it was going to happen. So we get a pretty good fire stunt zombie in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that works pretty good. But anyway, those are all my notes. Yeah, I mean, not, there's not a whole lot. I mean, it's a pretty standard cannibal film. It's not, nothing yeah. really. And again, it, I think it kind of comes from, man, it's got pretty great box art. This Maniac Killer. It's fucking amazing. Is it? Well, the, I don't know what language this is, Russian or maybe the, whatever it is, that, that. Yeah, you got to Google search that. I'm up now. I'm getting off these sesame snaps. Yeah, Maniac Killer, 1987. Type that in Google and then do a do a uh, image look. And uh, there's the American version, which is okay. But that uh, I don't know what that is. Romanian Russian version is pretty amazing. And Ginty on the cover. Somebody with a big knife. Looks like Svensson on there. Wow, it is good. That is good, isn't that, it? Man, I'll tell you what. That dude in the back is that Bill Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's vexed about the flake yeah. game. Yeah, he really is, man. And, and ironically, Ginty, <laughs> Ginty looks like uh, Goodell a little bit, man. Yeah. Got Brady, an aged Brady, in the back. Yeah, yeah that's the, <laughs> the 20, 2015 uh, New England Patriots. Uh, that's amazing. Super Bowl video. 
I like that Goodell wants a piece. He's trying to deflate the balls with a gun at this that really, point. That really is a Bill Belichick with a Bowie knife. <laughs> totally is. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> totally. Like, it's Greek. That's Greek. Oh, okay. There you go. That's Greek. At least it looks Greek to me. But <laughs> what's great is that they don't care. They just show tits on the back cover. Yeah, it's awesome. That's amazing. I need to, yeah, I need that, I need that film in my life. Man, you click on it, you make, you make it bigger, and it really looks like him, man, doesn't it? Oh, you know, I guess Svensson is the Bill Belichick character because Chuck Connors is obviously the... Uh, Chuck Connors, yeah. He's got he's the clearly, gun. <laughs> and like, that looks like Matt Dillon wearing, like, um, yeah. Spike Jones's old man makeup from Jackass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, we gotta. I wish somebody could find that movie. I'll check. <laughs> yeah. Indiana Killer, nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah. Uh, I was laughing the other day because I was reading something that uh, Tom Brady's like. I feel terrible about the uh, the staffers that got suspended. I'm like, yeah, I bet you That's do. True. They didn't have as good a union as you had, buddy. That's right, man. <laughs> yeah. The, the, if they don't show up, uh, you know, NFL doesn't lose money. No. Um, <laughs> They'll just find a substitute. Yeah, that there's that that one film. If you look at that, there's a film down there called Aerobic Killer. I don't remember if that's Killer Workout or something else, but we need to see that too. Yeah, I think it is. That's David Pryor. So that's Aerobic Killer. That would be Killer Workout, right? Didn't he do Killer Workout? Yeah, I believe he did with his brother. Yeah. Passed away, sadly. We, Ooh, we Maniac Killer's on YouTube in full dare by. Is it really? Yeah. No way. I've been looking for that for years. I just signed in. Do you want me to save the video? No, you don't have to. I see it right now. Wicked. Nice. I had no idea. Thank you, um, whoever this is. Oh, man. Ginty's got a tuxedo. Oh, man. This has got, oh, it's got Greek subtitles. So this is. That's it. Yeah, it does. Oh, I'm kind of clicking through it right now. Oh, there's a kid on horseback. I don't know what's going on there. Oh, but there's some dude in a yellow um, waistcoat. Is is old. He's punching someone out. There's in a no courtyard. This cannot be nearly as good as I hope it is. 1987, that's late cycle, too. That's got to be bad. 87 was a glorious year. This film looks like it was made in 67. <laughs> oh, Chuck Connors is looking, ooh, not so young. Wow. And Kitty needs to lay off the ciggies, man. <laughs> oh, Chuck Connors' hairpiece in this is brutal. Anyway. Ooh, it is. <laughs> we're doing yeah. a live commentary here on uh, Maniac Killer. I'm going to watch it. Man, that guy's got bad hair. There's a lot of bad hair in the baby seven was a year for bad hair eighty eight. There's that that oh some kind of ninja. So I'm looking at the rituals. I think Richard Harrison might be in this. <laughs> Nineteen well if he is, he didn't know it. Nineteen seven nineteen eighty seven. Oh. I'm looking at like seven minutes in, they're doing the ritual. It's pretty comical. Oh, this, this ritual's bad. <laughs> oh, there's a sword with a snake on it. Yeah. All right. Ooh. Ronnie James Dio approves. <laughs> Oh, I don't know what. Anyway, yeah. Man, this looks something, something else. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch. Back Connor's hairpiece. Anyway, let's get back into let's get our make or breaks going. Okay, uh, make or break for me. Hmm, <laughs> tough one. I guess uh, I'm I'm gonna give it a make because I did like Zombie Holocaust. I don't love Zombie Holocaust. I like it. Uh, it's it's fairly middling and just slightly above average, but I I, I do like it a little bit i like the i like the outboard motor scene it's pretty it's fine it is yeah it's good it's good you got to give it up to the the practical effects team man like that was a good really kind of a highlight moment yeah i should also say it's hard to start an outboard motor if it's on the sand i think uh yeah that wasn't even raised up when uh, mccullough was trying to do it so you know again italians and the sea captains anybody with boats you're fucked in an italian movie 
Oh, yeah. Uh, IMVT, I like McCullough quite a bit in this. Uh, you know, again, you can take it or leave it with what, what you like him in, but I, I like him in this one. Uh, I like him in Contamination as well, but I, I feel like he's a little bit more lively in this. I feel like in Contamination, he spends a good chunk of it depressed. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, he does. Uh, my score for this is 6 out of 10. Um, the disc itself, I'd probably say is like an 8 out of 10, but uh, the film is about, about 6 out of 10. But yeah, Bravo Day Day Films. I mean, I hope they're they're an up and comer. So I hope they, uh, you know, like Peter North. I hope they keep on pumping. Yeah, man, pumping and blowing. Yeah, pumping, blowing, blowing. That's great. Um, okay, I'm gonna go with Make or Break. I like the finale when like the siege happens and inexplicably people get turned and <laughs> you know, I don't, no one really knows what's going on. But uh, I like that. I know I like the upward mortar scene. I like the upward mortar scene. That's a pretty good kill. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, and if your film's going to be about nothing but cheap, cheap kind of shock and gore, I mean, you know, you got to give it up to that. Uh, my MVT is. Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, mm-hmm. It is a tough one for this one. I guess I will go with uh, I like the doctor. I guess no, no, no. I like the I like. Uh, I you know what I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go with Jerlami. Nice. I may sound weird because it's a bit anonymous, but he's got he's a pro, so he puts lots of gore, lots of nudity. Yeah, he does. He he checks all the boxes. He know he checks all the boxes. So I feel like he delivered what he was asked. To live what it says in the tin. Yeah, man, that hitchhike, that, hit, that copy of Hitchhike comes out on uh, Friday. 88 Films Hitchhike. Is it blue? Uh, yeah, I think so. The Hess Nero film. It is, yeah. And that's a wicked film. I we got. I I'm gonna have to try. You know what? I'm gonna be up for some coverage here soon. Franco's such a lush in that film. He's such a everyone's so gross in that film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, and then my score. I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna say a six point. Uh, oh, you like it a little bit more than me. All right. Yeah, yeah. No, I do, man. It's fun enough. Uh, you know, it's got a great cover. You know, it's very chintzy and kind of stupid looking, but I, it's yeah. always been memorable. That cover, you know. I agree. Six point two five. It's kind of like the City of the Living Dead cover to me. It's always been memorable, even though the film's not as great as the cover in some ways. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, for yeah. sure. Hitchhike comes out Friday. Blast Fighter comes out. Next to the Tuesday following, which I, I might buy that for my personal collection because I like Last Fighter. Yeah, Last Fighter's good, man. A lot of good sweaters in that film, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the Italian, the yeah, what the Italian collection. I mean, I, I don't think I've. I'm trying to figure out if I've seen SS Experiment Camp or not. I don't know if I have. I don't see anybody's name in here. That uh, Sergio Garoni, uh, Garone or Garoni, uh, directed Zombie Flesh Eaters too. Who directed that one? Oh, that was Fulci. Toward the back end there. Huh. Zombie 3, also known as Zombie 3. I think you've seen that, right? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's very fun, actually. I mean, this Italian collection is strong. Night Train Murders, Bloodstained Shadows, Spasmo, Blast Fighter, Zombie Holocaust, Blade in the Dark, Anthropophagus, Hitchhike, Zombie Fleshers 2, and SS Experiment. That's the 10 films in there so far. So They've come correct. Yeah, and the Slasher Classics isn't bad either. It's got some some odd ones in there x-ray is one i'm thinking about it's x-ray i've not even heard of that which one's x-ray uh, it's just a it's a weird little slasher movie i remember seeing it it's okay it's okay that's uh directed by bose davison so oh wow so it's like what late late, late 80s or something uh yeah i think so i can't remember exactly when i remember it had barbie benton in it so it was kind of a big deal uh, because you know barbie was pretty popular for a while there yeah 
So yes, she was. Oh, they put out Nailgun Massacre. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that yeah. movie. So bad. So bad. It's bad and bad and good. So bad. It's yeah. it's terrible. Um, but it's you know it's own brand of fun. Anyway, that is the big show. Thank you, Diabolic DVD. As always, we love you guys. Hey, head over there and buy the uh, the GGTMC OMG Entertainment Final release. Of, yeah, that's be on sale over there. Uh, you do need to be region free. Uh, you need to be, uh, you know, you have a or region. region B, right? Or region B, yeah. Or, or region two, I guess is the. Basically, what we're saying is, it's a you know, it's a European release. It's in region two, so you need to be able to watch a film that's region two. Um, that's just the way it worked out. Some people might not like that, but hey, you should be region free anyway. If you love movies, oh, the breaks. I mean, if you love movies, you should be region free. Am I right? Ah, uh, yes, sir. Man, I hope they put. I hope eighty-eight films. They got. They put "Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man" out on DVD. I hope they put it out on blue. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Um, but yeah, thanks, Diabolic DVD, as always. Uh, good friend Jesse over there. Um, what are we doing next week? What are we doing next week? Uh, I think. You want to think it over? Um, uh, I mean, I'm willing to do what we talked about. I mean, uh, we can we can do that. Uh. I mean, we have some obligations, but I mean, shit, man, we got we some of the stuff that we got doesn't come out for another two months. It's true. I'm not really too concerned. Uh, um, okay, let's talk, let's do what we we're gonna do the tribute. Okay, we'll do a tribute. We're, well, here's here's the thing. Here's let me tell you something, people. Let me let me let me let me put it to you like this. Um, can't do Hulk Hogan impersonation anymore. He's kind of got a bad reputation now. Oh, she sure does. <laughs> so not that he didn't have a bad one before, but this is getting worse. Um, yeah. This past couple of weeks, uh, well, we've lost quite a few people, haven't we? Well, David Pryor died suddenly uh, of a heart attack. Roddy Roddy Piper died suddenly uh, of a heart attack. Uh, Wes Craven, who was ill, uh, I think he kept that pretty hush-hush. Nobody, well, At least none of the press knew about it. I didn't know he was sick. Um, I thought he was just, like, you know, probably working on something, you know. Um, but he passed away from uh, cancer. Um, Wes Craven and, and Roddy Roddy Piper both big parts of our childhood. And oh, yeah. two different ways, but both of them made movies. So we wanted to kind of do a we you know we have obviously we can't do a dedication episode for everybody that passes away. I mean it would be really hard for us to do, and our schedules don't really allow for it. But Piper, Craven, pretty important guys. We feel like you know let's do one. Let's 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 we haven't done a tribute episode in a while. So I guess the last one we did may have been for Kurosawa's hundredth birthday. I don't know. I can't remember. Nor can I. It's been a long time. So anyway, um, what are we doing? You go ahead and tell them. Uh, well, you go. No, you, you want me to go ahead and tell them what you're doing? You want to? You want to do it? No, I don't care. Um, go ahead if you want. <laughs> All right. So, one, neither one of us have ever seen Wes Craven's Deadly Blessing. So we're gonna do that uh, because we had. Well, obviously, we neither one has seen it, so we were both curious. So we're gonna do that, and we're gonna cover a film that neither one of us have seen either. And it could be a turd in the punch bowl. We have no idea. It could be gold, and nobody talks about it. We have no idea. I think Bjornar or Paul Hughes are a fan of this one. Yeah. So one of them got me the disc. Yeah. So hopefully this is the last. Hopefully this is gold. But we're going to cover a film directed by Brent Huff, the amazing Brent Huff, Strike Commando Two. Yeah. A film known as The Bad Pack. From uh, nineteen what was ninety seven? I th- oh I think so yeah 90, yeah sounds 90. about right ninety six ninety seven. Well, so let me read the cast off to everybody here. Robert Davi plays McHugh. Roddy Piper plays Dash Sims. Great name. 
Ralph Muller. I think Dobby's the leader of the gang. Larry B. Scott's in there. You know, the the homosexual Revenge of the Nerd, the black guy. Yeah, that's right, man. Uh, Sean Huff, Patrick Duggan, Brent Huff, Marshall Teague as Lamont Sperry. Who used to fuck guys like us in prison, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Sven Ole Thorson, Vernon Wells, Clifton Collins Jr. Ugh. As Townsman number one. So that's a big role for him. Uh, this should be fun. It should be at least interesting. And it is, you know, the costume designs by a lady named Abby Supple. So there we go. We got that going for us. Supple. It's a suggestive <laughs> word. Yeah. Um, anyway, we don't know anything about this. We know, well, Will knew a little bit about it, but even he hasn't seen it. So we're going in blind on both films next week. Uh, <clears throat> rest in peace, Roddy Roddy. Rest in peace, Dave Pryor. Rest in peace, Wes, uh, Wes Craven. Rest in peace to all those that, you know, we And if we don't mention, it's yeah. just because we're awful with our memories yeah eh, yeah yeah that and you know I, all of them rest in peace obviously but yeah absolutely because we've lost quite a few during the uh, history of the show it's not that one means more than the other just yeah i mean when we started the show paul newman was still alive yeah so, think about that yeah um crazy and david Pryor, th- david Pryor and Roddy Roddy piper were both pretty young i think they were in their 60s i think so well piper was only 61 it's crazy but he probably lived twice that much in his 61 years. Oh, so yeah. Anyway, that's what we'll be doing next week. It's actually a selection show for us. We haven't, we haven't done our own selections in a while. We've been tied up with so many commitments and things. So that'll be kind of fun and interesting to do. So I guess that's it, man. Uh, again, thanks for the patience for the show coming out. Uh, we'll yeah, thank you to everyone and, and apologies for taking as long as it did. Yeah. Hopefully it won't, we won't run into any issues next week, but <laughs> You never know. I mean, I don't think it'll. We'll postpone a week again, but uh, um, us running into issues, yeah, that could happen. Yeah, that is probable. But I think we're, you know, we have a bit of a better schedule now, so we'll see how it goes. And you know, TIFF coming up, so gonna be a lot of coverage from TIFF. Ten or eleven films, um, including new Mike, uh, including new Noe. Noe's wife's film is really one that I'm. No one's talking about, but I think I'm gonna really. I have high hopes for called Evolution, uh, new Arturo Ripstein film, League Street. Uh, there's a lot of exciting things going on. Yeah, and we'll be doing most of that most of that coverage by himself, but there'll be some where you might have some guests. Yes, so it'll be fun. Um, can't make it up there again this year. I got a pretty big deal coming up in the next couple of weeks, so uh, we'll, we'll 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 announce that when we need to. Yeah, some of you may already know. And uh, that's it, man. With that, I will say. Adios. I will say check your wall on Facebook. And adios. Thanks for listening. You can find the gentleman at ggtmc.com. And you can email the gentleman at midnightcinema at gmail.com. 